This podcast is brought to you by Old Port Batman. The hero the Old Port and Maine deserves. Portland's Cosplay King and his wife Batgirl are currently booking Comic-Cons, charity events, fundraisers, birthday events, and any special occasion where you meet your favorite superhero. Go follow them on Instagram and like their Facebook page, Old Port Batman, or you can contact them directly at oldportbatman at gmail.com. And we're brought to you by The Burlap Beggar. Welcome, traveler, to the Burlap Beggar. I beg of you, browse my wares, for I have what you need. Many fine things for coin or trade. Furry things, sharp pointy things, armored things, rusty things, things to eat out of. Anything for your LARPing needs. Burlap has it. Seek me out, traveler, on the Book of Faces. Seek me out, traveler, on Instagram. Seek me out on Twitter. Send me a raven at theburlapbeggar at gmail.com. Seek out my page, the Burlap Beggar. Com. And most of all, Traveler, remember, burlap has what you need. What's up, what's up, what's going on, people? Today, on the podcast, I've got cheese. Here to talk about some political stuff, a little bit of LARPing, throw a plug in for his business, the burlap beggar some other fun stuff should be awesome enjoy mm. and so like the LaCroix family we're like a goblin parody of another faction and so I, I, I love the name but that stuff tastes like the memory of what it's supposed to taste like <laughs> I like it I don't know for some reason soda is fucking way too much sugar for me but if I drink this it gives me like it pretends it's soda and I can pretend with it <laughs> I don't know, your sense wrong with you. Mm-hmm. LaCroix has a coconut flavor that I've been fucking slamming down lately. I can understand coconut. Like coconut, if you added other stuff to it, like I love coconut flavored stuff. Yeah. One of my exes called me, uh, said that I was her fruity boyfriend because of how much like I love mango, I love pineapple, I love apple, I love raspberry. Fuck, fucking fruit is my, f- I love that. I oh, love it. Mango's the best. Mango, mango lets you get higher when you smoke weed, so that's another reason I enjoy mango. <laughs> Fair enough, and I'm sure your lady friend loves that you eat pineapple. Yeah, she does. We eat it all together. There's pineapple and mango. Well, pineapple supposed to make your cum taste better. It's taste sweeter. I wouldn't know. I don't taste my cum. I, I didn't want to judge. <laughs> I, di- I didn't know. I just presumed. You look like you do. Do I? Do I look like the cum tasting type? <laughs> Yeah, no, you, I. You look like you snowball. I went, I went to school with a kid that said that he he gave me it in his hand and then decided to lick it up and taste it, and he said it tasted like shit. I can't out him on here though, because that's. I mean. No, that, that, that doesn't matter. Um, what you do in the privacy room if you're on room is whatever. Yeah, no, fuck him. Literally. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. That's. Well, wait, I'll, we can talk about that later. When are you recording? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going. What's going on, everybody? Oh, hi. Yeah, I hit it. I hit it right from the get-go. It's <laughs> not, the gremlin. As soon as you said the word gremlin, I was like, "This sounds good." Record. <laughs> even even if we don't talk about this right here, I can right, edit fair. it out later. So the uh, as I was, uh, what well, the point I was I was eventually getting to was that the um, one of my beliefs and what tends to inflame a lot of social justice warriors is that I. I think that 
your sexual orientation, like what you identify as, what you what brings you happiness in this life, what what brings you pleasure, should not be your entire personality, and should not be, uh, you should not shove it in other people's faces. It's some like what you and your partner or partners choose to do uh, behind closed doors is entirely up to you yeah. guys. Um, it's supposed to be private and supposed to be. Um, and because of that, I think that, like, like making out in public is a little bit much. Um, you think so? Yeah, You're kind of old-timey, so. Well, People uh, fuck in public now, Jesus. Well, yeah, I, I find that hot. Whoa, whoa. How, how is kissing too much, but you find fucking in public? But huh? I mean, like, uh, like... Discreetly in public. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, not... Not like on Bang Bros or something where there's like a, a bar filled with people and two people going at it on the on the ground in front of them. I mean more like, like like, like making out in like a, in, in a very public place seems a bit uh, a bit much. And it's not. I don't make that belief on whether it's like a couple of gay guys doing it or a, a straight couple doing it. It's still like a little bit too much. Yeah. A little bit of fingering is fine, you know. Yeah, that's okay. You but, um, you can hide that. You can't hide kissing, right? But like you're if you <laughs> if you really 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 like furries, um, you know it's whatever. It's what you do behind closed doors is up to you. That's a fucking crazy concept. I can, I can't I can't wrap my mind around how people want to dress up like that. And oh, with like the like legitimate horse cocks. Whoa, no, no, we're talking about a totally different ball game. What what are you talking about here? Furries, horse cocks. Yeah, like people dress up as like a zebra and have like a strap on that's like a, a zebra cock. Oh man, that's a totally different level. Wait, you didn't know that thing existed? No, no I, I, I mean it could, it makes sense as to why it would exist. Should but I put my headphones on? If you want, yeah, you I'll don't. put on my headphones. Yeah, helps okay. you, hear, it helps you hear your own voice better. I can't hear my own voice; it's horrible. Hmm. It's much deeper than I'm familiar with. There you go. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't know people uh, strapped on fake cocks. I know all about the. Uh, I don't know all about it. Let's rephrase. That. <laughs> <laughs> Let's rephrase that. I know people are into getting tentacles in there. Yeah, there's like uh, some bars where chicks get paid a lot of money in, in Japan to sit in a fish tank with a fucking octopus crawling all over them. Yeah, that happens. That's crazy. It's it's a wide world. People, human beings, really, really are into sensations and the taboo. We are the only reason that it's taboo. It's not taboo in the animal world. Well, we we make it taboo. Yeah, but there's like a video that went viral of like a monkey like face fucking a frog, to, presumably to death. But you know that's that's because uh, it triggers certain portions of the brain that is all about uh, that 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 the pleasure center of the brain, and not all animals have that trigger off of uh, sexual gratification. Wow. Like like dolphins and, and s- some members of the uh, the mm, ape family. The mammals mostly. Yeah, but like you don't like ants don't have that trigger. Like they don't see ants fucking for fun. Well, you don't know what goes on down there in those caves. <laughs> well, scientists do, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm I'm sure that that would I would have heard about that by now if there you were have, ants. You ever there. watch other animals fuck? Well, this is a stupid question. You've watched animals fuck, so I've watched animals fuck people. Th- that's that's not what I mean, but <laughs> I've also seen that. <laughs> uh, I'm talking like I, the other day I was watching some shit on Netflix, some documentary, and it was showing a bird fucking dancing with its feathers out and shit. And I was like, oh, shit. And then the girl's like, OK, cool. Come get some. 
And then he flies up like 10 feet to the branch and fucking rapes the shit out of her. Yeah. Almost every animal you watch, they they don't they're not fucking for pleasure. No. No. It's it's a it's a a biological imperative to reproduce. Yeah. And human beings have a um, so we have multiple levels to our brain, um, yeah. and it's it yeah. actually it shows as stages of our evolution. You have like the the lizard brain, which is the very very primal, um, like the, the need to breathe, the need to eat, the the, the resist um, being killed type yeah. thing. Fight then, or flight. Then you have the the mammalian brain, which is uh, uh, just to clarify, I actually this is my interpret what I understand is the information uh, that I've learned. I like I. It's uh, I, I can't like quote scientific papers or something. It's just from my general education and and, and talking to professors and stuff over uh, over time. You know, at uh, going yeah. to college, going to high school. So I just want to preface that by saying that I may not be the best expert on this, but this is my understanding. All right. So you know, you're not I, you're not a fucking scientist, but I, this I, is what you think. I don't want to make people mad. <laughs> This, it might make him mad anyway. Yeah, well, you can't you can't save everybody. You can't. So, um, so then you have the mammalian brain, which is uh, based off of like pack instinct. It's us versus them. It's where I think that a lot of racism comes from, uh, and a lot of like uh, uh, ruthless behavior and uh, like you know choosing family over over what's obviously better for you because a lot yeah. of a lot of people's families are just scumbags like mine. Yeah, and and so the mammalian part of the brain is what triggers that um, that uh, us versus them that the, the 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 they over there is is dangerous. They aren't us. So one of the um, interesting side, uh, you are much more likely to do a favor for someone that you sit down and eat with than you are someone you don't. And because that's partially because uh, eating used to be it was a very social thing when we were you know monkeys. Yeah. Um, so you would, you'd eat and you'd be like, oh, that you're one of us. And that's why you'll see throughout history uh, a lot of great d- debates, great conversations, peace talks, that sort of stuff will happen over food is because uh, whether we knew it or not, it triggers that part of the brain, the mammalian part. And then you have the human brain. And the human brain kind of shits all over everything else. Yeah. And uh, it's, it, it, the sense of morality and right and wrong and self-consciousness often directly conflicts with the other two parts of the brain, you know, the other two functions of the brain that's uh, left over from evolution. So uh, people in general tend to be, um, whether they know it or not, almost everything that we do is fulfills a base function, whether it's... Um, uh, I just totally lost my train of thought. Anyways, uh, whether... Base it, functions. Yeah. Base, uh, yeah. Uh, whether it's to reproduce to live another day, to eat, uh, to better yourself and give yourself a better survival situation. And then you have interesting things like religion. and That's interesting. And, and the, the, that directly conflicts with your other instincts. So you have like the... Um, um, I think may, maybe it kind of does, but I think they also work in tandem because religion is, is people's like ability to... They, like The only way they're going to live is if they cling on to something that they think is bigger than them as well. So that like sets them back into the mammalian brain. Like the, 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 it's, it helps you survive. May, you know, though you're not a religious person, and I agree, like we're not the same. We, we're the same in that aspect. I, I can still understand where people 
find uh, a higher power in something to help them move on, like addicts or fucking people that are dying of stage 1950 but, cancer, but, you know what I mean? But that, that's all um, from the human brain. That has nothing to really to do with the mammalian or the, the reptilian brain. Um, that Literally, that's us being depressed at our own existence and then uh, realizing, hey, uh, <laughs> realizing hey that there is uh, a lot there, there has to be more but and there's a chance that there's not so we have to do something to kind of figure out why you know why we exist and, and have to self-medicate I guess and that said I I am kind of a religious person Are you? I, I would yes I would define my this is I guess made up at this point but this is I am a nihilistic nihilistic um, what do you call them? Uh, nihilistic agnostic Hellenist. Right. What's it mean? All right, that's, so, that's fancy as fuck. <laughs> so uh, an, uh, an agnostic person is someone who believes that there is that there is a chance that, that there is a uh, a god out there, even if we don't have evidence for it now. That there is, um, you know, they'll keep looking and hope that there is a god out there. Um, a nihilist is someone who believes that there is nothing after life. And so I believe that there is an equal chance. There is nothing after life as there is that there is something, and you know, it could be everyone's gods are correct, or one person's god is correct. Whatever, um, there's equal chance because we yeah, can't 50, really 50. know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then if I'm going to believe in a god, I believe in the Greek pantheon because they're they're very human. They make mistakes. Um, they can't totally undo them. They can only try to make amends, which is a very very. Uh, a very human thing to do. Yeah. And religion from my from my point of view is its entire purpose is to teach people to be good and moral who would otherwise uh not be able to get along with one another, could not uh live a, a good moral life. Um so it it's to guide the masses to be good to one another. And the issue comes like fucking everything. Yeah. Um, as soon as you introduce humans <laughs> to the equation, they fuck yeah. it up and they use it for their own ends. The same thing happens with fucking communism, uh, capitalism, de- uh, democracy, uh, any any religion, e- even Buddhism, you have bo- Buddhist extremists. Yeah. Um, as, as funny as that sounds. I can't, um, I can't think I've ever, ever, ever come across something like that. Like even viewing Buddhist extremists. Um, you should you should look it up on YouTube. There's uh, there are some people who are perceived as Buddhist Buddhist extremists. Huh. They're entertaining. I can only imagine. <laughs> I gotta check that. Um, but yeah, so these uh, all of these things are are design are really really great in theory. But as soon as you interact with people, uh, it starts they start to fuck it up because we're basically uh, computers. We're just computers with a imperfect biological uh, system like. And because of that, we we think uh, incorrect. Like uh, I hate to say incorrectly, but we think incorrectly. We think um, not logically. We have our own individual logic matrices that we try to adhere to. That we make our choices um, yeah. from our experiences, our limited experiences, and our biological capabilities. Um, but even then, it's it, it can be messy. Yeah. Um, as 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 everyone I'm sure knows. Um, so uh, we, we just try to stumble through this existence as the best as, best that we can and try to find any monicum of happiness that we can find. Do you think that each side of the brain, because I know they control different things, not only in the body, but how the brain works in itself, do you think that 
both sides of the brain are their own essential biological supercomputer and they just don't work together well. Oh, the, the, they do work together. Well, they work well enough to, to create what we have, but they could work together much better. Well, yeah, um, that's that's true. It's just the neural pathways and yeah. stuff. And one, like both sides of the brain, one one part of the brain is incredibly uh, logical. It's very logical, yeah. and it's statistics, very statistics, mathematics. It's more than that. Um, it's one part of. If, if I remember correctly, there's a really really cool YouTube video about this because that's how I how I get education. I'm I'm dyslexic, so I'm, I suck at reading. Um, is that the one half of the brain is entirely in the now. It's in, it only perceives everything as the abstract colors that it is and the... The, uh, the right side, the, the logic side. Yeah, no, no, no. The, the logic side is the other side of the brain, the, the side that um, uh, records everything and processes all of the information that the, uh, the left side of the brain is processing. So one half of your brain is, from what I understand, is dedicated to just being in this moment and perceiving everything. It's where your your perception, your focus on one thing at a time comes from. And then the other part of your brain, the, the right side of your brain, focuses on processing all that information and making sense of it. And it's where it's where uh, your long-term memory comes from and things like that. Hmm. Um, like a when when you see when you hear people say that one side of the brain's artistic, the other one's logical. That's a gross simplification yeah, of how it works. For sure. <laughs> yeah, no, the uh, the left side of the brain they they think artistic, but it it is a center of creativity because it lives in the now, mm -hmm. because it it's getting all the everything. The problem with the right side of the brain is it's not processing properly all the influx of information that's coming in through your eyes, ears, touch, sound, everything. Yeah, the it, the, the truth. And this is a bit of wisdom that you can keep with you because um, put it in my pocket. Yeah, my, my I believe a lot in trying to hold wisdom. Um, I'm uh, specifically my patron. I would have to say is Athena because I think that the, being a goddess of wisdom can prepare you for everything. Trying trying to be wise and humble, um, and also having some kind of battle skill and crafting skill is very very important to idolize. Anyway, so uh, a really good bit of wisdom is that the truth always is in between everyone's point of view. Yeah, um, for sure. It's, no one is ever right. Um, so whenever you hear two people bickering, whenever you and someone else are arguing, um, take a moment, take a breath, and think about what your facts have in common, um, and then try to um, base your opinion and your, your choices off of what's in between both of you. Makes sense. And another interesting thing about the subject we're talking about is that um, did you know that you can actually live without half of your brain? Yeah, yeah, I seen a I seen a video. A guy got fucking his head blown off with a shotgun and still yeah. live with the other half. Yeah, and the earlier that you you lose half of your brain, the better you adapt to the loss of the the other half of your brain because your brain will continue to compensate because we are phenomenal creations. Yeah, well, not creations, possibly creations. Um. We are very, very interesting biological computers, um, and that's one of our many features is that if we lose half of our brain, if we don't die, um, and we're relatively young, we can actually adapt. There's people who have were born without half their brain at all, and because they were born that way, they were able to quickly adapt and continue living life. And then there's people who are like, you know, 14, 15, who are, their brain was still developing, and they managed to, with a little bit of a hiccup, continue to function. They have the older people who are just like barely functioning because they spent most of their life um, thinking one way 
and all of a sudden they lose half of their brain. Wow, that must be a trip. I mean, can you imagine? I know you can't imagine. No, you but, can't. But, wow. I mean, imagine losing the side of your brain that processes the most important things. Mm-hmm. And you're just stuck. Would that kind of have you in, like, a state of psychosis, essentially? You yeah. think? I, you, I don't know if you'd even be able to perceive your body as your own anymore. Yeah. You just look at it and be like, that's part of me, I guess. That's, what is this? You might still be able to move everything. Yeah, but it would, you'd definitely be dissociative from it, I, yeah. I would think. I don't want to ever find out. Well. Unless it means I get to meet someone that has half a brain. Okay, that's fair. Well, you know, a lot of people, like Trump supporters. Oh, man. Oh, oh man. Got him. I got, I got our other neighbor here coming over soon. To do a, a nice Trump fucking section. I can't wait. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's going to be funny. All right. Just enough rope to hang themselves. <laughs> but, you know, it might make someone <coughs> mad. And that's the whole point. I don't. Like, see, this is my stance on it. Mm-hmm. I don't support him, but he's still the president. So I don't hope he fuck us up. I don't, I don't hope he fails. I don't hope he causes problems i just he's a jackass <laughs> he is um he is a phenomenal business person like not even yeah. a phenomenal business person he's a phenomenal con artist yeah. who his con went too far and now he a bunch of people who are vultures pile like piled onto the the gravy train and now that the gravy train's starting to crash they're starting to jump off again but in that in that time that he was pulling his con, or has been pulling his con, before the Democrats kind of came back and tried to at least some kind of breaks on what he's doing, uh, there's been a lot of irreparable damage. Um, like what? Uh, what subject would you like to go into? Would you like to go about the, the border, international interactions, uh Financial issues, environmental issues. I think that's issues. right there. Environmental. That's my, that's my biggest concern. Um, the continuous rolling back of environmental regulation in the benefit of large corporations is irreparable damage. And the, I, did I touch I, about this I can, last I time? I can agree with that. I don't think you did. The last time you were here for uh, slightly more time than you've been talking now, five minutes more. So <laughs> no, you didn't touch on that. <laughs> okay, so. Um, and this is something that I cannot stress enough. I don't care what your opinions are when it comes to our, our president or, uh, or war or, or uh, sexual orientation, whether transgenders use the bathroom, whether your stance is on weed. This, the absolute objective fact is the environment is, is really, really poor off. Yeah. And we are, we are fucking it up. Real bad. Real bad. And so two things about that we are going to hit an event horizon and that will be our make or break moment and throughout history we as a species do our best work when we're at the 11th hour and we are really really close to the 11th hour when it comes to pollution we're living a very very destructive lifestyle as a society and one person doing recycling isn't going to be enough there needs to be a, uh, a a massive change across every across everything and the only thing that's gonna that's gonna change that is going to be when people start dying that um, yeah that's exactly what's gonna happen and one of my f- all right so i'm a huge nerd i play uh, i play a lot of magic the gathering and one of the cards is called uh 
polluted bonds, I think, or something like that. Anyway, so I don't think that's correct, but one of the flavor, the, the flavor text is something I'll never forget, and it is, pollution is never a problem until it's visible. But it's already visible. No, it's not. Not not to everybody. Not to everyone. But I, I do know that there's a fucking gigantic floating mass of plastic and mm-hmm. shit in the Pacific Ocean. A, a very large size. Yeah, Texas like, size. It's, dude, that's ridiculous. That's yeah. crazy. But that's not in anyone's homes. They're no. not dealing with it. Like, maybe some people in China who are having to wear mask, gas mask every day just to be able to breathe their oxygen or in India suffering similar issues. But um, all of... I can... I can agree that it is possible that there is that that um, throughout history we've had ups and downs of temperatures it's just how cycles work however throughout history we've never had the uh, the added us the, the the chemicals that are added to the atmosphere then to the water to the, the temperature food. difference to the food yeah. uh, the plastic that's been added to the environment it's 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 exacerbating the issue and making it like talk, taking it from a cycle to a spiral and um, a spiral is not is not going to be safe for anybody. No, it's not. And so what's going to happen is um, when you have a when you have weather that is as complex as weather tends to be, one even a half a degree difference um, will will cause a storm to go a different path. Will cause it to go around or shift or cause a, a two degree difference can cause a tornado. Yeah. Um, Hurricanes. That type of stuff. Yep. And so when you have that globally. And it increases what, what two degrees every year or something like that. I, I don't think that's accurate. I think yeah, it's I think it's less than that. But but like still, it's it, it's enough globally. It's, yeah, that's a big jump. It, it's going to keep causing it to spiral. And the first thing that we're going to notice is the crops are going to start suffering, and all of the gen, uh, genetic modification that's making uh, crops more resistant to drought and fire and uh, heat and cold, all that stuff, isn't going to matter at, at a certain point. At that, at that point, when we hit that event horizon, people are going to start starving in droves. And only then, I think, will people start to realize, hey, <laughs> we need to do something drastic. Yeah. Um, because we're suffering from runaway capitalism, where um, people, society as a whole, uh, is not able to realize fast enough how quickly it's changing um how bad how important it is that we take care of our environment and i don't mean that to be like a greenpeace hippie i mean that like literally we're in a fishbowl and we're shitting in it yeah um (laughs) yeah and and it doesn't like the the misinformation campaigns of the of of corporations playing the short-term game for short-term profits to make people uh who are alive now that that much fucking richer is going to end up dooming a significant portion of the population, if not all of us. I think in a, in a bigger key of the entire picture is is trying to get rid of big corporations that don't care about the well-being of humanity and just care about their money. Yeah, uh, it's, um, oh, what's it? there's a term for it. it it's, 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 uh, it's hoarding. It's it's people who have a disorder where they chronically they have they have more money than you can ever rationally spend in a lifetime, and they have they just keep hoarding it. It doesn't make any sense. It's it, eventually money will be worth nothing if we continue on the path that we're going right now. Yeah, and also like an economy does a lot better if there's uh, 
if there is a continual uh, – so if you spend your money, yeah. it, then it yeah. allows trade to flow. But if you keep hoarding it in, in, in offshore bank accounts and stuff where it can never be taxed, then the only people who suffer are the people who don't have the money, like the, the us, us plebeians. Yeah. How do you feel about this Andrew Yang fellow that's coming around? Um, I've heard uh, I've heard a little bit about him. Um, you heard about his thousand dollars stipend a month he wants to give everyone over the age eighteen or twenty one or something along those lines. I I've done some research into it. I haven't actually heard what what he proposes, but I think that it is. Well, all right. Let's go to another conversation. <laughs> let's go around. I, it, I, it'll all come full circle. That's what we get down on here. I, I have I have a whole. Well, that's why you have a round table. Yeah, I have is. a whole lot of. Uh, ideas that I've kind of been chewing over in the back of my head that I pontificate with people around campfires and uh, other educated individuals um, or even people who aren't I just love to love to talk and share ideas because that's like not not screaming not yelling not telling people they're wrong but actually communicating is like dialogue is hugely important it's it's something that most people are losing out on in life right now yeah um, now where, where were we a second ago? Thousand dollars stipend a month. So I think that there will like with the automation issue that is happening right now. That uh, well, it's not really an issue. It's automation will take almost everyone's jobs. Yeah, for sure. Straight up, flat, it's going to happen because it, a, from a cap uh, a corporation's point of view, there's no reason to pay an employee. Some, something when you can just maintain a machine for a tenth of the price and have it produce the the production never drop like a like a, an employee's does after about seven hours actually eight uh, there's a an economic uh, uh, law that basically has like a core there's a direct correlation between how many hours you work and then your your uh, efficiency and then after a certain point it starts to go down and so the eight hour mark is actually when the um, about the like you're past the year most productive point and you're just about to start going down so that's when they kind of gave the arbor- arbitrary point of eight hours is the most effective hmm. you, you'll realize you'll do your best work at like the six 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 and a half hour mark but is, is that just for people that work eight hours or like people that work 10 consistently if, 10, you, 12? if you work 10 or 12 hours your productivity starts to go lower and lower and then at like the, the 16 to 18 hour mark you're basically just a zombie Usually. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as to the, the, the... So with automation taking everyone's jobs, um, which is not a bad thing, actually, uh, it means that we as a society are going to have to redefine status. Yeah. Because, because again, we're, we're, uh, we're pack animals. Status is huge. We need to know who is better than other people, who's worse than everyone. We have to make lists. We have to name things. We have to... Uh, have status straight straight up um it's just part of our 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 biology so one jobs like having a nice job and a lot of money and a lot of pretty shiny things uh is a lot less important when there's just no jobs anymore um i think that the next step will be actually youtube or things like youtube um i think that status will be dictated by what you contribute to society not by uh, how much money you make or how fancy your car is, your job, but um, how many likes you get, what what beautiful art you make, what cool creative videos, what music you make, what engineering thing you make, what robots, you know, that type of thing. And when 
everyone is basically, almost everyone is without a job because their jobs are taken by machines. Um, I think that a th- like the thousand dollar a year, uh, a month. Uh, sorry, a month stipend <coughs> is uh, is reasonable because everyone will basically have be guaranteed walls, food, medical, education, and then you are a basic level zero grub, and you are worthless to society. You're you're just guaranteed to be alive, and then from that point, if you make nice things, if you do art, if you do music, if you write programs, if you make video games, whatever. Um, if you contribute to society past that, that will be what dictates, uh, will, will have to, I, I think, have to be what dictates uh, status. That it almost is right now, except that we have a, a huge capitalism over our head. But at the same time, that's, that's what dictates status in social areas, uh, other than money. Yeah. Dic- money dictates power, but status is usually dictated by what you contribute, whether or not it be social things or, or things you make with your hands. Yeah, like, and, and I think that that will, is the first step of what we're going to see what dictates a, a success in our future society once automation takes over. Um, it'll, I think that those likes on Facebook and those, uh, the subscribers on YouTube are going to end up being what replaces uh, what, what makes power in the future uh, once automation takes over. But then we'll be just be back set in the same situation, set with things that that it's not set by money. It's now set by the social, yeah. Well, which which is no different than what's going on now. So someone who has forty million followers on a on a on a YouTube, if that's how things are working, they're going to be able to get that fucking nice house in fucking Malibu Beach, while you have people who who can't actually like go get a job. They could maybe farm their own food or make things like that. But like you're living rough. Well, it won't be living rough because you'll be guaranteed with that stipend. Uh, everyone will have the guarantee because of automation, um, giving a roof over someone's head and giving them food to eat and health care and education is so inexpensive that it won't be it won't even be relevant. But it would have to go down so that the process of getting there is, would be just as miserable as we're sitting now because uh, homeowners would have to, or or rent building owners would have to lower their rent substantially, making them come lower down and lower down on the totem pole, and it would just be a huge, I feel like it would be a huge fight. I don't think rent would go down. I think that people getting paid would go up is more likely because of inflation and stuff. uh, uh, More money will have to be made in the meantime. You won't be able to um, devalue or uh, bring inflation back down. You'll just have to raise it back up, kind of like... You, you, do you think that if if it would if that's how things would go, automation takes over, there's less jobs. Do you think there'd be more uh, low income type housings? Like in Singapore, uh, most people live in just forty foot tall buildings with a million apartments in the fucking thing. But they don't they don't like they Singapore essentially runs the same way. Social status is is done by what you contribute to the city country and. But everybody, mo- almost everyone, lives in little cages. Not really cages, but yeah, cof- small. coffin apartments. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that's that's what would end up happening here? Yeah, well, we see it a lot. But um, that would take away a huge portion of that American dream type situation where people want fucking seventeen acres of land and things to do. If you if you take away that, well, because you're taking away money, there'd still be competition. Like again, we just have like it's in know, our innate. Yeah, we'd have to we'd have to um, 
I think what will happen in that case is that it'll evolve that there is a um, that there is a monetary value to likes and subscribers effectively. So um, you'll still be able to make money. You'll still be able to have the American dream. You'll just have to go about it differently because there simply won't be a job for you to work. Yeah, that, yeah, makes um, sense. Uh, it, it'll we will just find new ways to make money a thing because money in its essence is just a, an agreement that something is that, that this piece of paper between the two of us is uh, worth something that's all it is, is an agreement it's so always. um if you take if you think about that as the form of money um the ideal of money uh then it'll always exist even if the actual paper note doesn't do you think that say home depot stays open and there may be a few jobs there for people but most of it's automated do you think that home depot would how would they be selling things without without like because you you can't sell likes you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like how would how would you be able to buy something from a place how do you think that would work out it's an interesting question because like i can understand like say you lived in the house next door and you're like hey you help me roof my house, I'll come over and help you do all the plumbing that you need done. Oh, the, the, which is which is awesome. That's that's how I wish things would go. So yeah. you didn't have to hire, blah, blah, blah. But then you have to buy the materials from the bigger corporation that is automated. Well, you could just have a have it budgeted into your monthly stipend that, um, that a machine would come by and fix your plumbing or fix your roof. Or maybe um, it's just automated so the roof would be fixed. But as if you wanted to buy supplies for an art project or something, you could just spend some of your likes, or spend some of like spend a, subscri- a subscriber or two worth of of, of endorsement or whatever. Hmm. Um, all, okay. all you could I assume that you could I would think that you'd be able to just spend it just like you would money um, at that point because all of your basic needs your housing and stuff would be taken care of uh, what you the, the things that you make like the like you see um, who would it be taken care of by all of us we'd all contribute not by government by so everyone uh, well, I mean, like the government would the government would still have to function as a government. It would just guarantee that everyone has the uh, the four walls, the food, the stuff because it's all automated. It's all pennies on the dollar. But that gives them the control over your. I mean, they already have it. If they want to come take your house, you're going to take it. Mm-hmm. But in that situation, you're more apt to to have way less control of the situation. Yeah. Is that a bad thing necessarily? Is that any different than the illusion that we have now? Not necessarily, no. If you think about it, if you were, if you are, if if you, as you were, were guaranteed to have a house, food, healthcare, uh, and healthcare and education through uh, basic education, so uh, K, uh, K through nine and twelve, and then basic college. If you were guaranteed all of those things for free, effectively. Um, what would you do with it? Like, w- wouldn't that be a huge burden lifted off of your, off your life? Yes and no. I mean, I think I enjoy wanting to do those those things for myself, like take care of my own property and 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 the home search and the and the stuff like that. Like, well, I, I just feel like it would be completely. But you would be guaranteed that you'd always have a roof over your head. But you could continue to go search you could go build things you would have more time to do other things with your life your work week may look like 15 hours as opposed to 
uh, 40. So essentially you're setting up like a, a welfare type situation for the masses. Yeah. Um, like once on once automation has taken everyone's jobs, that's how it's going to have to be. I, I think I think uh, I think it's essentially the same thing. Yeah, I think I have to agree with you, because then you you can you can go if you can go out and push to get bigger and better for yourself. Yeah. Then there's no difference. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that you you wouldn't be able to. You'd still. You, you, you would always have a, a catch of going back to a coffin, a, a coffin hotel style like apartment structure which is a sorry that's a term from a role-playing game called Shadowrun. but where would where would that money from the from the stipend in the government be coming from all of us I mean but if we weren't working where would that where would that be coming from even even like the low the I'm talking low-level grub type people that would be living in the multi-unit buildings with their given car that's exactly like their neighbors eating the same food how would how would they be contributing if they're only living off the stipend and what the government gives so i think that um the job market would get a lot smaller and then uh effectively either two things would happen it'd become fully automated and money would become worthless which i think is the the long-term result but the the middle point would i think would be that uh, because of automation, you'd, you'd have to still work part-time. Because um, you gotta, you got to fix the shit that breaks down. Yeah, you still got to fix the shit. you still got to do something. You, you'd give you time to have a small business, and you'd be, or, a, or you could, I don't know, work for Walmart or something. I, I, it'd allow you to... You'd have to still make money somehow to pay taxes and stuff, but it would be much more up to you how you did it, I guess, whether you did carpentry or cut up, cut trees down um, and made art out of it or grew something had an Etsy store or something like that wouldn't that just give kind of like an upper hand to the to capitalism though wouldn't that wouldn't that because all the the money that's being produced for the automation is going straight in the pockets of the big corporations even more so than now and I don't know it, it it has so many variables and possible outcomes that I I can't hazard to guess how um, <laughs> uh, how it would turn out. Um, I can only propose. Yeah. Um, but I do believe that that's how it would work out. Um, or at least that's that's the direction that we'd end up going if we don't destroy ourselves first. Yeah, I think we'll probably end up doing that, or something else will destroy us, meteor, something like that. Maybe. Um, that's why I. I'm, I hope that there's something after life, and I hope that it's not hellfire and damnation because I chose the wrong god. Well, there, there has to be something after, whether or not it's conceivable. But due to physics, matter doesn't change. It, yeah. it changes to different forms, but it cannot be created or... As far as we know, we're, as far not, as we're we know, not sure. We're not sure. But what, we, what we've seen so far is that it can't be created or dismantled. It can only change its forms. Yeah. But matter also generates in wavelengths. And consciousness in itself is something. Mm-hmm. Whether or not we can define Quant- it or not. Yeah, we can't quantify it currently. Yeah, but it's, it's something that has something to do with matter. Mm-hmm. Or else there'd be no conversation here at a podcast. This might make you mad here. <laughs> circular table. <laughs> so there's something. When, when you die and you're no longer in 
here. Your body is dying and decomposing into matter back into the earth. Mm -hmm. Your consciousness has to do something. So it may... I don't know what the fuck it does, but it... I, th though. I think that it's less likely that your consciousness does anything. I think that your the concept of you goes away, and I think that there is a type of energy that we could you could call soul, I guess that yeah. is that is then put back out into the universe, yeah. and it's just something we don't have the ability to to test at this point. We don't. Yeah. We can't there, measure it. There's not really going to be a chance. Um, of that. So that there. So sure, re if that's the case, reincarnation at its base concept exists yeah. where your soul energy dissipates in the universe and then another person their consciousness which requires so much of the soul energy to, to become self-aware uh, pulls some of it from the cosmos and it keeps functioning so but it's I, the that's the most logical understanding yeah but I think that the, but being self-aware and, and maintaining the concept of Anthony yeah. is I don't think that's going that's likely to happen it's impossible yeah I, I don't see because there's nothing holding you there's no there's no influx of information to hold you towards your idea of yourself so oh, you no longer exist I have a really cool uh, concept um, uh, so uh, I, have I talked about ghosts on here before no so I have a I have a theory um, of what ghosts are which is kind of has to do with what we're talking about I think that um, you know you know what like an elephant graveyard is and things like that bones yeah well it's, yeah. Uh, elephants go to the same place to die um, it's called elephant graveyard. They do it generationally. Oh. Um, so I think that what a ghost is... Like in The Lion King. Yeah. That was... Fuck, that's a real thing. Wow. Yeah. Shit. Uh, All right. uh, elephants are really, really... They have a lot of... Um, a, a lot of the same thought processes and emotions that humans do, actually, which is really, really cool. So um, I, I read a thing. I don't know if it's true or not. It's kind of like a common wisdom. Um, but that... Uh, how human beings perceive puppies is how elephants perceive us. <laughs> like that's, it, tri that's it triggers cute. the same parts of the brain that's just like this thing's adorable. I like it and pets us. That's weird. Yeah, that's, that they have they have they 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 get not married married, but that they have like lifelong relationships. They have they get sad when members of their their group dies. They have funerals. Elephants are really 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 complex creatures. Crows do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so back to ghosts. So I think that a ghost is, in its essence, a survival mechanism of the brain we don't understand. Uh, like a, a, a psychic imprint that when one of our species dies, and dies horribly in a place, that we leave a, an imprint on the environment that is like a warning of others of our kind. And us being the wonderful people that we are, we ignore that and we're like, oh, cool, it's a thing, and go in, in there anyways. But... That's why you have places where a lot of people die, and there's a lot of these imprints um, that uh, it, it makes your hand, your hair stand up, and weird things happen. Is because it's a um, a mechanism trying to warn us. And how complex or um, autonomous the, uh, the the mechanism is, I, it's totally up for debate. But I think that that's just a function of our complex brain that we just don't understand yet. You feel that might be another uh, sense that we have that we can't really locate, like we like our nose smells. Yeah. But then there's receptors and a lot, lot of data. But the same concept, there might be something organ, maybe something in the brain that recognizes this. Yeah, or imprints. I think that there is a uh, a very literal sixth sense that we don't have the ability to quantify currently. 
Um, it could be what souls are. It could be what consciousness is. It could. It, there's a lot of things that it kind of fall into a similar purview, and I think that it all comes to the same type of the function of the brain that we don't understand because it's just such a complex machine filled with so many imperfections and so many firing uh, synapses and chemicals and electricity shooting everywhere. It's, it's, it's too much for us to, to, to understand at this point, much less fix or alter. We just do the best we can. You know what else is something that most people don't understand and that I'm really excited about popped out today was that picture of the black hole. Yep. A little disappointed in the quality of the picture. <laughs> Which is crazy to me because I see Hubble get pictures of nebulas that are fucking vivid as hell. Mm -hmm. And that thing was put up there in 1990. I'm sure it's been serviced. But still, god damn. But why why would they choose a supermassive black hole 450 million light years away when they could... We have one in the uh, theoretically in the beginning of our galaxy. I, I would think that the reason why is because it ju the environmental factors happen to just be in the right circumstance to actually take a successful picture. Well, they used eight telescopes to, to simultaneously take pictures. And I wonder if they just revamped Hubble a little bit, they could probably get greater pictures. Because it kind of looks like a donut. <laughs> well, a fiery donut. There's nothing to take a picture of that's the problem when you have a nebula you have gases and you have solid objects within the nebula that are floating around that you can take it but it's literally an absence of light and they bend of light in the air it's like taking a picture of air but it's it's on the event horizon it's it's shredding apart matter to its core yeah. and you can see that in the picture like the center of that motherfucker was black it, there was nothing there was nothing almost as much as you almost almost as black <laughs> but you could see on the event horizon, whatever matter, whatever galaxy it had been shredding apart, you can see it. So mm -hmm. I want to I want to get like you're never going to get a, a picture like the artist renderings you see where there's a sphere in the middle of this yeah. fucking. The, the, I saw me. It was the profile pic versus your actual your tagged photo. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> uh, but still, I'm, I'm, I'm more than sure they can get better. I, I bet the light the light there is fucking outrageous. They probably just scale that shit down in certain ways. I have, I have no clue. That's probably why it took a week to, oh, to why, put why, out. Why don't you get a uh, astrologer on here? You know, or an astronomer. I could, I could get an astrologer on here too. We could talk about some things. I, like it, but, I'm, sh I'm sure that they probably have their finger on the pulse a lot more than we do. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't think I know any astronomers, but the other day uh -huh. I was driving by Kenny in Kennebunk and there's an observatory. Yeah. And I didn't fucking know that. I, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many times I've been through there? I've never even thought yeah, about it. Yeah, just go knock on the door and see if anyone's home. Yeah. Hello? There's no harm in asking. No. Unless it says don't trespass. Yeah, in which case you just, like, look for a number. You just throw a rock with a note through the window <laughs> from the road. <laughs> has, has to be brick, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> no, you're a big guy. Cinder block. <laughs> oh, that's like a shot put. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in you. Yeah, no, that picture that picture was awesome because now it's proof. There's proof that it exists. That before black black holes were theorized. Mm -hmm. I'm ex I'm excited to see where it's going to go next. Are we very much are living in a uh, sci-fi era, like the like the pro uh, cybernetic prosthetics robots with with functioning legs. Um, 
clear solar panels that you could replace windows with. Sex dolls. Sex dolls, yeah. Um, with uh, uh, multi-speed uh, vibrating crotches. It's, it's an amazing world it's, we live in. Uh, it's unreal. <laughs> um, so when, like, when I was a kid, and I'm not that old. I'm only 28. Um, when I was like 10 years old, all of this stuff was theoretical. It was just sci-fi movie bullshit. Yeah. Like it's, it wasn't possible. And all of a sudden it is. And I feel like we're in every sci-fi like dystopian future movie and book and comic and everything. This definitely feels like we're at that the, the, the height of society right before it plum, plummets. And there's a lot of... Actually, there's a really, really cool TED Talk um, that if you'd like to link it into this description, it's a really interesting listen to if you ever got a minute. Um, but it's a TED talk about, uh, about the, the, the fallacy with, uh, exponential growth. All right. That, uh, exponential growth is simply not sustainable. And to think that our society, um, our, our businesses, uh, our population can, 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 can continue to grow exponentially is, um, is very, very flawed way of thinking. It's only going to destroy, uh, be destroyed because if you look at nature, um, in nature, there is no exponential growth. It always, things always die. They always break down. They're always recycled into more. Um, and we're, That's true. And we're <laughs> getting to that point with our, um, with our technologies um, where it's not, it's like we don't have the resources to keep buying uh, a new cell phone every few weeks. We don't have enough rare metals to do that. We don't have um, the food to keep up. Well, we do, but we don't have, we're not going to feed everybody, <laughs> um, even though we, I know we can. Um, we it, can, but that that requires a lot of farming to land, which is okay, but then... We have plenty of farming. You have to do it right. Yeah, it's not done right. No, it's we 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 make corn. Not not only just that, but like the uh, when you farm land, you strip it of its nutrients. Mm -hmm. So you got to give it nutrients back, and you can do that naturally with shit and stuff like that. But eventually, mm -hmm. it, you are putting fake nutrients into completely dry fucking soil, mm -hmm. and it and water into the groundwater. All those nutrients go into the groundwater, the nitrogen, all the bullshit, and then it, it makes its way through the all the rivers and gets to the ocean and makes a dead zone of, of fisheries and wildlife. There's a, a really, really cool concept, and I hope that it ends up taking, um, taking off and being popular, as opposed to having uh, billions of acres of, of farmland, uh, just rows and rows of cornfields, um, they, uh, I saw a thing on YouTube that was, they took a, uh, like a, an abandoned Walmart and they, uh, built racks of tubs for water yeah, I see and they that. just put solar panels on the roof and it was, so it's just a huge hydroponic, uh, garden with no, uh, with multi-tiered, multi-story in, inside, uh, almost fully autonomous with just water and sunlight and whatever nutrients that they need to put into the water to make it, the plants grow. No pesticides, none of that shit. Why would you need a pesticide? Sometimes you do inside when you grow inside, but it's it's not yeah. as as common. I mean, you just be like, you just look in and be like, oh, we have an infestation. Time to uh, bug bomb the place and then re re replant everything or whatever, wh yeah. whatever the protocol is for that. But um, it's so so much more efficient, um, and it's not pendant uh, uh, depending on the weather um, at all, as long as it's not like. 
a hurricane or a tornado. It's not depending on the weather. <laughs> um, it's just not cost effective yet. Do you think that in doing that, because I think that's a great idea too, but I always wonder if that's going to essentially play like a genetic modifying role in the plants. Do you because think now they're now they're uh, they're evolving and they're adapting to be fed by water and air, and which is what they go off of. Don't get me wrong, but they get the nutrients from the soil. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that's going to change the way roots grow for plants and the oh, way nutrients course. are distributed and yeah. the way they grow. It would adapt just like life tends to do. That could be good or bad. All right. Well, let me ask you this: Why do you think that genetically modified anything is is bad? I think that things that are resistant to droughts and things that are resistant to heat and stuff like that, there's. I think that it's not great, and that because of our bodies aren't adapted and aren't aren't evolved to eat things like that, and we're still forcing it to happen, it's not great. I don't think that that's actually. I, I think that your 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 thinking may be flawed, and my from what I understand is is that I think that when you get to genetically modified stuff it still breaks down on such a small level it doesn't affect our biology um, the same way that chemicals do if you it, like you have uh, chemical coated stuff you have plastics and things like that I think that plastic is probably what's ca- the majority of what's causing cancer um, nowadays is just because the widespread use of, of the chem- plastics and the chemicals that leach from that um, but when you get into um, genetic modifications it's such on such a minute level our body still can break down everything that's in a genetically modified plant because all it is is a plant with another plant combined it's not not like even if they take a fish we still eat fish um if they took like a radioactive nugget and com- and and pulled something from that and modified it that way then the mutation would probably be bad for us but but how who's to say that that's not exactly what's happening uh, the scientists like they don't they haven't done that they all of the genetically modified stuff is uh, readily available the, the information that they do and i think that it's still i don't think all of it's going to be uh, readily available there's there's so many lists just from government that are not public being be be uh let's, let's hit this right they're not able to be viewed by public so to say that every pending, that sort of stuff, huh? Patent pending that sort of stuff. Yeah, but but just scientists that don't work for the government are not the only ones that are involved in genetically modifying the food and and the things that we use on a daily basis. But but anything that's used, uh, anything with widespread use has to, it, as as far as I understand, has to be public knowledge. Like, sure, I'm sure there's labs and stuff that are doing all kinds of crazy shit, but. Um, if it becomes widespread use, then they have to make that public. Like they can't, they can't have like 200 million acres of corn in, in I don't know, uh, Ohio, and not make that information public as to what it is. Regardless of whether the information is public, that doesn't mean that the information doesn't contain exactly what I'm saying or accusing the genetically modified anything to have issues mm-hmm. with. It's our gut biome control 90% of who the fuck we are. Everything comes that we eat comes in through our stomach and it the bacteria inside of our stomach breaks down with the food and the bacteria inside of the foods and the liquids and it it changes the chemistry of your brain. So is the it, are you saying that the other 10% is butt chugging? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beer chugging in the ass. Yeah, okay. Sriracha a little bit. <laughs> Sriracha. I don't even know how to say that. 
I don't know. No. Yeah, no, but I I can't assume that it's just perfectly fine because they say that it's perfectly fine. At one point, they said it was perfectly fine for lead to be in our gas. Yeah, and they also used to make uh, eat off of lead plates. Yeah, so. paint paint lead plates. There's a lot of paint that people have in their homes now, red and oranges, that still have radioactive components to the chemicals inside the lacquer that's on the outside of the ceramic and they don't know Mm -hmm. because it was okay so i don't that's the only thing that keeps me from assuming that genetically modified foods and or anything products are perfectly safe because they're perfectly safe every i know they they test things on animals on on people and then they put them out but at the same time when you put a product out after you, you've had a uh, clinical test, you, it's still a test. Like for the first 15 years of the product's existence, or you're more. still, yeah, or more. You're still socially testing. You're still seeing what the fuck is going to happen while it's out yeah, there. because no business wants to invest that much into a product and then have to wait 15 years of testing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's I completely get it. But at the same time, so many issues are going to come from this 15, 20-year test. I, I don't, I, I think that there will be, probably be some issues from genetically modified foods but i don't think it'll i don't think it'll be as severe as what we're encountering now which is the um i from what i understand that aside from like energy drinks and tobacco use and stuff like that i think that a huge portion that we're kind of missing is the just sheer mountains of plastic that we consume on the daily that we that we interact everything we touch is fucking plastic everything and i think that that might be part of the reason why we're having a, a cancerous reaction as, as severe as we are is because of that. And plastic's just a, a byproduct of oil. And, and animal urine. And animal urine. <laughs> what? Yeah, what do you mean? Oh, I got to know this information for, so for later. If, Can we if, put that if in I my recall, arsenal? If I recall correctly, plastics, uh, at least part of it, are made with urine. Really? Why? For the ammonia? I don't know. That's odd. Well, I, can, I can look it up if you don't yeah, keep talking. Yeah, throw that right on there. Um... I agree with you. I think plastics, it doesn't matter how much they put BPA-free or whatever the fuck it is, there's still other chemicals that leach out. There's, it's constant leaching. Even, I don't care what anybody says, I think glass leaches. Um, I think there's chemicals, I know that it's it's whatever it is made out of particular glass in its, in its situation, but it everything leaches. Everything leaches. Um, Water eats everything. I think glass is an exception to that. Um, or glass on a molecular level is just so fine that it, it takes thousands of years for uh, for glass to break down to its base components again. Even styrofoam only takes up to like 850 to 1,000 years to actually break down back to nothingness, back to the environment. But glass is actually so... Crystalline. Fo- yeah. It, it, it breaks. It, it's changed on a molecular level, but it actually doesn't leach, at least not severely at all. Um and metal leech is like a motherfucker. Yeah, but that's, that's good for drinks. <laughs> Some drinks, but uh, I don't think that all the piping that has run through most of the, most of these smaller uh, urban areas and large metropolitan areas are providing people with the best uh, quality water that they could be providing. You know what I mean? That metal leeches, and that metal's grainy, and that metal collects things. Like Flint, look what we're doing right now in Flint. That fucking crazy. Well, it's been like a decade, and they haven't had fucking good water. 
Um, it hasn't been a decade. The so there's actually an. In, um, I watched a, uh, a YouTube video about it. Um, the what happened with Flint is a series of fuck ups um, that only made the problem worse and worse. Um, it was on a uh, one of the science uh, channels that I listened to, and basically what happened was like it was. Here's the uh, they had one source of water and they switched over to another source of water. But the other source of water had a different uh, chemical in it that uh, the old pipes uh, caused them to start rusting. And so they added, uh, the next logical step would be to add a, uh, this uh, chemical to it, um, which is what you do in this situation. However, that chemical only made the pipes worse because of uh, some, something else in the, uh, in the equation. And um, so they added more of it. And that made it worse. And so they then they tried to add something else, and it just spiraled out of control as each of the normal logical steps that would be dealt uh, with with uh, nasty water only ended up fucking up all the pipes irreversibly. And that's that's the situation they're they're at now is that they they can't really uh, fix all of it, at least in a, in a reasonable manner. Um, so and, and so all the pipes essentially are corroding. Yeah. And severely. And that's the reason why you can't that's a lot of money and flint i don't think flint's like a a very rich area no so i don't see that happening that's a lot of piping even just three square miles of piping in a city is a ridiculous amount of piping indeed so they they basically damage the water uh damage the water system irreversibly and even if they went back to the old water it still wouldn't be able to to fix that damage it's already been done causing the lead flakes and particles to f- to go into the water like it's just um, where where does that water go does it go right into lake michigan i mean i mean the 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 river like the detroit is that a river detroit river <laughs> i don't know um i, I if you want to uh, if you want to make a note of that i can send you the uh the, the video i watched it'll break down with much larger scientific terms than i'm familiar with yeah what's it called i got my notes up already right here um uh, i'll continue looking up uh, I actually can't find anything about the uh, about the animal urine uh, in plastics. I know there's some people who are uh, messing around with the the scientific uh, like uh, trying to make it from urine, but I, I I think one of their components that makes plastic is uh, urine based. I I need to do more research about that. Um. So what what do you think that uh, is going to be uh, back to, way back to, uh, to to Trump um, what do you think is going to happen in the next election like in the 2020 election I think Trump's going to be the president again why do you think that just because of just watching how everyone is and if you've noticed in the past I don't know all the presidents lately since I think in my life um, have served two terms Bush had two, right? Clinton had two. Uh, didn't he have to step down? No, he was impeached, but he stayed there. It didn't make a difference. <laughs> okay. I think the Bush before him had two. Obama had two. I think it'd be it. it Trump is really going to have to fuck up like real hard, and 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 honestly, he seems like the Teflon Don. Like he can do no wrong in the justice eyes. Like he, everyone clearly is like that. This, this dude is fucking up. But for some reason, it there's, doesn't there's, catch. There are dozens. Well, that's that's just rich people for you in general. It's money, yeah. But there are dozens and dozens of investigations and, and investigators who are uh, who are licking their chops, waiting for him to step down as president. 
Um, and I, th- I think that people are probably fed up with this situation um, with the blatant Maybe capitalism. He's got a 54% approval rating right now, though. When did it go up? It was like 40-something. It was 40-something. It just recently went up. I don't know why. But I seen I, that's what I seen this morning while scrolling through. 50, and he posted it, 53%, three, yeah, three, 53% approval rating, which is high. Uh, I, I, wait, he posted it? He Yeah, come on, that's all he does. He posts all day on Twitter and then... He could just be making up numbers, like he could he, be. as he tends to do. He could be. Largest inauguration in history. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like, <laughs> I, actually, I actually knew some people. I knew uh, the te- a teacher who took a class down there, and he was just like, it was a lot of fun. I'm like, yeah. How full was he? He's like, it wasn't that full. <laughs> oh, you see the pictures. There wasn't that many people there. Yeah. I mean, I understand why there were so many people there when Obama made it. He was the first black president. Everyone was like, yeah. Every, every nigga came out of every fucking crevice they could to get to D.C. But, oh, I don't know. It just wasn't that crazy i don't i don't think what he's doing what i've noticed is really great move the best move he would make in my mind and i know this is going to sound funny because i'm i smoke weed but I, the best thing he could do is to legalize weed you just see the the taxes that are coming from the states that mm-hmm. legalized it and and are legally allowed to sell it recreationally and it's fucking astounding so actually a, f- a funny thing I, I think that at least my mom tends to think she watches a lot of the news and so I don't so I, I take her opinion with a grain of salt because I take the, the news with a grain of salt but she, she she's under the impression that a lot a lot of the legislatures uh, legislators who are working on passing le- uh, weed legalization in their individual states are also the ones who are investing heavily in them and who are coming out a lo- like with a golden parachute for their golden parachute when they're done. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's what's. If Trump was going to do that, he'd have to have some of his buddies come to him and be like, "Hey, uh, you know how you like, you know how you've cut us a bunch of taxes and shit, and how you've you know, rolled back uh, environmental regulation. Why don't you legalize weed? Because we're set up to invest heavily once it's legalized, and you will make us infinitely richer than we already are." And until that happens, he's not going to make a move because he is him and his cronies. And I, I don't mean that like cronies isn't like their political cronies. I mean that his corporate pr- cronies um, control him and his interests because everything he does is for making him and his friends money. That's true. Or just to be distracting. He did uh, roll back some some. I think I heard him say maybe a month ago or so, that we are now the biggest oil producer in the world, the U.S. Maybe not in the U.S., continental U.S. We make the oil, but we we produce it, whether that be offshore or in other countries. Process. We've actually made uh, uh, super... Um, I think there's two of them now. They're, uh, they're, they're ships that are so massive that they also not only take the oil on, but they also process it in transit. Like they're like, like carrier sized ships that um, that God just damn. go around indefinitely, just taking oil from one port, processing it in transit, and then pff, done, dropping it off, finished. 
and they just do that infinitely. It's. I mean, from a money standpoint, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but from an environmental standpoint, that's fucking trash. What happens when all that oil dumps in the ocean again? No one cares. It's it's disgusting. But hey, that's the. I, just like as as upset as I am, as uh, as Trump is our president, um, and as upset as I am as the uh, how bad our environment is getting, um, it's our choice to make. Um, we're making the choice that we are, and there's nothing I c- I can realistically do to change uh, to change the outcome other than to be ready to act if the if I see something that is uh, will be beneficial in some way to helping. Uh, stop the 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 issue. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. it's depressing, but we it we, is a little it, bit, yeah. we made our bed, we have to lay in it. Um, and if I my only hope is to be a good and moral person um, and be able to sleep with myself at night, both physically and uh, spiritually, to be able to just be like, okay, I'm uh, no regrets. I did the best I could with what I had, um, and that's I, I think that's what all any of us can really do, is to be able to live with our choices. I think the only thing that might give us some clout is the fact that so many people in this country hate him, like hate like and don't want to see him have another turn. Oh, I fucking loathe him. He's a despicable fucking human being. Um, but he is a symptom of of what's wrong with our society. And yeah. He's a huge, ugly pustule that, um, and a lot, a lot of people. And I, I w- up until recently, definitely classified myself as 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 left wing, um, as a as a a, uh, a very very liberal person. Um, but I've been pushed away from being a liberal person by the extremists of. Uh, of of the left, you know, and I they're so extreme too. And, not to say the right's not just as bad, but yeah, but the, the 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 issue is just that it's the extremism. Like we may disagree on a lot of things, and we agree on even more, but we at least have dialogue, like humane dialogue between the two of us about it. Um, I've encountered situations recently on social media where I made a post and I'm getting punished for it. Not because it was not because I didn't state my argument, um, not because uh, of who I am, because I definitely don't hate anybody um, other than Trump. <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely am like don't really hate anybody, but um, I'm still getting punished, and no matter what I say, no matter how I apologize, the, the people don't want to hear it. They're no. they're inserting their own um, their own narrative. And um, no matter what I say, they'll twist it to fit their narrative. And that's the problem, is that there's no longer dialogue or exchange of ideas. It's just screaming, and you're, it's, you're not, you're not, you don't have my opinion, so um, I don't have to listen to you. Yeah, which is, which is despicable. Yeah, and so... Um, the only way to get places in life is to be able to have dialogue. Yeah. To be able to freely express, express what, how you feel and why you feel that way. And you allow the other person or the other party to do the same exact thing. And you listen. And and then you you take what has been said and come to some kind middle of ground. middle ground. Yeah, that's most of what's well. A, a portion of what being an adult is is supposed to be just that. Is supposed to be compromises and sacrifices to to try to make it a give or, give and take of uh, 
of a relationship and that doesn't happen enough and that's any kind of relationship not just romantic that's the relationship between you and me uh, me and the post guy like me and the president fuck that post guy by the way Motherfucker. I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the one that delivers now. I'm talking about the one that actually works at the counter. Over there. Oh yeah, no, that guy's nice. He's a yeah, super nice. He's, guy. he's a good he, guy. He's a huge nerd. Yeah, no, yeah, the guy that delivers is yeah. a fucking son of a bitch. Make me go all the way to a whole town over to get my mail. Son of a bitch. <laughs> maybe you just need a bigger mailbox. Yeah, maybe. I could put a a big uh, chainsaw out there and can open it up with the bar. <laughs> bar turns up hey i got mail inside me that'd be pretty slick that'd be nice i just have burlap sack (laughs) that shit would blow away with the winds we've been having lately i know right my trash cans are seven miles away from my house now into the fucking woods (laughs) yeah i'm fucking so tired i I, I found i found your one of your trash cans and uh one of your bags of bottles just like one day just laying down in front of my door i'm like oh must have been windy it was so windy. I woke up and I, I went to throw a bag. I didn't look. I, I just opened the door and I was like, "Hey, it's gonna go into the trash can that I put on the other side of the fucking f- the railing." There's nothing there. It hit the ground and I stopped and turned around and looked like, "What the fuck?" I had to, I was like looking around. I'm looking down your side, looking way out back. They're jammed inside a bush down there, both of them, right next to each other. It's fucking odd. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, it's it's uh, symptoms of our uh, of our changing environment, and w- the planet ultimately will be fine, and life will ultimately be fine. We're just going to wipe ourselves and a lot of species out in our time, and then eventually, in a few million years, someone some other species, in theory, will become come to sapience or pass or what. You come to sapiens, but I, I think they that I, I don't know if if we were to wipe ourselves out, would we come back the same? I, that's no, it, no. It's I don't the, think the variables that. are drastically different. Yeah, hell, they'd probably be plastic-based entities. Yeah, <laughs> I heard that there's a mushroom that can eat plastic. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that get be. But what I want to know is what byproducts does it put out <laughs> through its its digestion process? Mm-hmm. Like, but. In time, in time, we'll find out. But that's fucking, that's one of the coolest things I heard. You could go out to that Texas-sized fucking mass and just plop some mycelium out there and see what happens. Maybe nature is the way that we fix our society. Would make sense. Volcanoes explode. Fukushima. Yeah. Actually, if you want want to put on your tinfoil hat, I have a really cool theory. It's already on. It stays on. Awesome. So um, I I think that what's going to happen is that um, we're going to destroy ourselves on, like, we're going to get to that event horizon um, when it comes to our pollution, and we're going to get to that point, and we're either going to uh, succeed or fail. It's going to, it's, when we do our finest work is when we're under the most pressure um, as a species. I think that Elon Musk and any any colony that is in the meantime started on Mars will, from their point of view, see our society rip itself apart and have a chance to either, um, if if we do away with like they they lose communication, we fucking wipe ourselves out on Earth. The small colony will either uh, be wiped out, like small populations tend to do, from like a sickness or some kind of internal struggle, or they will band together and make a conscious decision to not do what we just did to our species and try to restart a restart civilization 
from a uh, from an unbiased point of view and try to from its founding try to uh, impress the better parts of our society and try to uh, was it the term condone uh, the the bad parts of our society. I don't see a colony on Mars lasting very long. Why? Uh, well, there's there's a lot of variables to living on Mars, right? There's there's no water, there's no anything, there's no there's a the thinnest of atmospheres, mm-hmm. and there's not a huge magnetic uh, toroidal field on Mars. So I, I wonder if that's going to play a huge role because our mag- magnetic fields blocks fucking Hawking radiation. We can we can recycle water, correct? Yeah, no, no. We our water. We could bring water. They they'd have a situation that would be all right. And we, as we could also uh, snag uh, passing meteors of ice and add it to the atmosphere. Yeah, but you'd have to melt it into the atmosphere, and it would it would you'd need something to hold the atmosphere around I, us like I our think, ozone does. I don't think we'd be able to terraform it. I think we'd be able to start a colony like a like a, a bubble. domed. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if a domed is the most efficient way to do it, but like a complex or something. I think that we could. Um, put our ingenuity ingenuity to it to make a self-sufficient thing or die trying yeah um, I think there would be a lot of people die trying first yeah and but I think that that would be our it, since we're less I think we're less likely to f- save our society um, that way uh, that like like oh our, we're destroying our planet let's go ahead and fix that now as a society with like what almost nine billion people at this point. I think that we're more likely to wipe ourselves out, and if we manage to have a colony survive on Mars, be like, let's not do what they just did. Um, I think that's a more likely way to solve the situation. Do you think they would try to get back? Why? I mean, eventually, yeah, but uh, once they were stable enough as and had the means to travel back. The me in the four the four year flight at the speeds that we have from here, from there, I can imagine it would be like a fifteen year yeah trip, which. Yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. It is what it is. But I definitely, I, I, I can't wait to see what the fuck happens. Because they're launching in 2020, right? Mm-hmm. And that's going to take them four years. So, I mean, I'll be almost 40 by the time, <laughs> by the time yo, they fucking get there. Yo, fat. Uh, but I'll, I'll still. I'll only be uh, 33. Nah, I'll only, I'll only be 34, but still. Yeah, yeah. fucking old farts. That's, yeah, old. I feel old. Yeah, and so uh, what's going to happen, if that scenario plays out, I think that if they were to return, they would find that there would be uh, pockets of civilization on Earth in, like, th- like the Himalayas or, like, Peru or something, someplace that has, like, isolated civilizations that have just, they can, they can live and die without anything else. They just, and, and they're in uh, a secluded enough part of the world the extreme weather would not really affect them, uh, at least any uh, very severely. Um, and I think that, other than that, maybe some bunker type, uh, like rich people setups. Yeah. Where be a lot of caves that are full. Yeah, like pe- people who have like you know skyscrapers under the ground that they've invested their billions into to build a fallout shelter, as it were. And that, that I think that would be the what they'd come back to find. Mm. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. I mean, maybe not cool, but I think that is probably the best option for us is the is a collapse and then a rebuild. One of my favorite, another one of my favorite quotes is, um, "Every few hundred years, barbarism is needed to save society from itself." It needs a haircut. Yep, or so, trim. Society just needs a haircut. A, a pruning. 
Um, I go big. You know, I go I go with the fuck. <laughs> I got it all the way down to the scalp. Yep, I, I can tell. Yeah, yeah, um, you can see the wrinkles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that that's, that's, uh, which goes against, uh, like, our morality, what we think of as society, like, oh, no, we can't, we can't do that, but unfortunately, that's the point we're going to have to get to, because that's how we, you know, survival of the fittest, it's how we got to where we are, Yeah. and we don't have fitness really anymore, it's not necessary, but it will be when, you know, billions of people are starving to death because of super storms wiping out entire crops, which is why I would recommend, pr- if you want to survive just a little bit longer, look into, like, have an idea of what you want to do uh, if, if things go sideways, you know, going and disappearing into the woods or something. Like, ha- have, a, have a cabin or a camper or something where you can try to survive a bit longer. And invest in, I highly recommend investing into canned goods um, f- to feed yourself and your, your family for, you know, a year or two. So you could, like, actually, um, funny enough, Sam's Club sells uh, a year's worth of food for, uh, like, $1,100 or something. It's just a huge pallet filled with meals. Really? For a year. That's pretty fucking good. And it lasts for 25 years before spoiling, which dried goods don't really ever spoil, per se. They just become not very tasty. Less desirable, yeah. Yeah. But, um, so, like, it might not be a bad idea to invest in a pallet or two of that. (laughs) They don't spoil, but they don't taste that fucking good. No, no. I got a I got a couple of hamburger helpers up in there that I have uh, expired like a year and a half ago, and yeah. I've just been staring at them like I I'll get to you when I when that's, I hit the winter oh, and have no money. That's not bad. I have I had t- tomato soup that was expired three years ago, and I still ate it. It just had a minor metallic taste, but once I added milk, it was fine. Milk to tomato. Wait, you you you, you what do you use? I don't I don't eat tomato soup so. Yeah, t- 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 <laughs> I didn't know you added milk. Tomatoes. Well, some some savages um, uh, in human people use water, but that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to use milk. It makes it creamier and tastier. That would probably make me like it because I hate. I really am not a huge fan of tomato sauce. I love tomatoes. I love everything else. Mm-hmm. I don't really like ketchup, but tomatoes tomato soup is fucking. Yeah, not my friend. So, so add add milk, and you will like it a lot more it becomes much creamier uh, much tastier so like just like uh, what I do is I just empty out the can and then refill the can with milk swish it around and pour it out and done it doesn't even bother you no metallic taste that that took it away yeah did you did you bring it to a boil yeah huh what else do you put inside your tomato soup nothing uh, milk, I, I, I don't I don't like um, tomato soup as be, I like the grilled cheese sandwiches so I'll make like an entire loaf of grilled cheese sandwiches because I'm kind of a big guy and I really like grilled cheese sandwiches and I'll just take like a cup of tomato soup and use it as a sauce and then drink whatever's left makes sense I use mayonnaise hmm. mayonnaise mayonnaise I I feel like that word has so many different pronunciations and they all kind of work I'm surprised there's not more puns made about Hellmans. Hellmans. That's the best, too. Oh, you're a fucking... You're a Miracle Whip fella, aren't you? I am. Oh. I'm from, I'm from, I'm from down south, and in the south, mayonnaise isn't really liked because the it's, it turns really quickly in the heat, so a lot of people in the south tend to eat Cool Whip. Where are you I mean, from in the south? Whip. All right, so that's... A lot of people ask me where I'm from, 
And there's there's three answers to that. There's where was I, three answers depending on which type of question you want to ask. Where was I born? Where where was my childhood and where did I grow up? All three of them. I was born in Tacoma, Washington. I lived there for six months at a military hospital because um, my mom just happened to be there moving stuff and she's like, oh, I'm pregnant. Boosh. <laughs> I was born. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Actually, I didn't cry. No, he said pontificate. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually, um, like the, the uh, my mom tells me that they pulled me out and I wasn't crying and they like were, went to slap me and I just like turned my head and looked at the doctor and just puked all over him oh, before shit. he before he even slapped me. <laughs> God damn. It's like, please. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I grew up in the South. I lived in, uh, in Tennessee and I lived in Texas with my family for like the first six years of my life. And then because of my, um, well, I, I've been clinically dead 11 times, um, to heat, to heat stroke, uh, because of the, uh, being there and that they think that, or my mom tends to think that I have, uh, brain damage, uh, from that. And she blames herself for, I, I have autism. Um, I have, uh, Asperger's. And um, there was, for a, ver- a very, very long time, that it was starkly noticeable. Um, and I've gotten infinitely better than, than what the doctor said it would be, which would be I'd live in, never live farther than my mom's backyard, um, never build a function in society, never have a relationship. And uh, I said, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Um, I, so I, I, did, I did really well. But So um, I got into some, some trouble. In, um, because I, I wasn't properly diagnosed when I was like six, so they're just like, well, there's this place called Sweetser, uh, day treatment program in uh, in, in Maine, and they treat people who have um, who have mental disorders, uh, as opposed to sending your six-year-old uh, little skinny redheaded kid to um, uh, to juvie. We're gonna send you up there and get you treatment. And so uh, I grew up. Um, in Maine, um, from six on, so it's 22 years in Maine. Do you graduate from Swiss Air itself, too? It's not really. I, I, I eventually went to, uh, to, to regular school, um, when I was cognitively capable of it. Yeah. See, fuck doctors. They don't know. No. <laughs> they just have a general idea. Yeah, just like fucking alchemists and, and weather, weather casters, they're just, like, shaking their hands and, ooga, 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 and yeah. then... It's the best guess. Science, in its essence, is a hundred times out of a hundred times this happened. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's just an idea that that's, it's a pattern. But yeah. patterns don't always go the way they're supposed no. to go. But and that, So that's a... I, I don't know if you watch Adam Ruins Everything, but there's a really good Adam Ruins Everything where he rips apart scientific studies, where he's just like, well... The problem with uh, a lot of scientific studies, even, even if they are refu- uh, reputable... Um, they are, um, anybody can pay to have like a website that seems legit and have an article posted on there from anyone. Actually, I found myself reading an article. I forget. I I think it was about, um, about, uh, transgender people. And it was written by like this, this doctor. And I'm just like, well, this doctor looks pretty legit, but, um, I'm going to go double check to see what his credentials are. And like, so the actual doctor, the one that they, they used his name, but not his profile picture. The actual one looked like a fucking hippie, and he was just like a whole bunch of really, really psychedelic type studies that he'd done. That he'd done, but um, he had never written that article. They just kind of took his name and wrote their own article about it. Wow. Yeah. So um, that type of shit happens 
Um, and so uh, also a lot of scientific studies are heavily biased because... Heavily. Heavily. because Well, because they cherry-pick data uh, on behalf of the corporations that, in, that pay for their scientific studies. Yeah. Um, also, a lot of the studies have glaring flaws that make them so they can be reproduced. So when they are reproduced, that the uh, reproduction does not have the same findings usually as... Um, uh, as as the original study, which calls into question what what was the variable that caused it to go wrong, that sort of thing. So scientific studies, like everything, should be taken with a grain of salt. Yeah. And you should uh, draw your own opinions because again, once again, the truth lies in between everyone's perception. Yeah, that that's that's essentially what I was saying about GMOs, mm-hmm. is the science behind them. This the the it's nothing is reputable, nothing at all. Like, even if it's from a university and that professor works at that university in that specific study, who's to say it's not biased? Because he thinks this way and he wants it to be this way. He's writing the paper with his mind and his mind gives you a product that is biased. That's why I like to talk to people who know their shit yeah. and, and try to get a feel for the person in addition to the information because um, dialogue is important. Um, so I was, I was raised, um, again, I'm autistic. And so... Um, one of the, the big factors of Asperger's is um, you don't have empathy. Like, it's, it's a, an empathy disorder. So when I look at someone, um, I don't inherently get what they're thinking or feeling. Um, so I, I can now I can rationalize and kind of get a guess from looking at your uh, physiognomy, but I don't really know for sure. Um, so I was taught to talk and talk a lot, to ask questions, to communicate excessively to try to figure out what you're feeling and express what I'm feeling um, and so to do dialogue. And that's actually helped me a lot as I've gotten older. You know how much that would help if people were taught that, you know how much that would help people who aren't autistic? I know, right? That would help every fucking buddy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, 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 like stop internalizing. Like yeah. It's the reason why a lot of relationships are ruined is because they just stop communicating. They stop yeah. trying. And if you just keep talking and express everything, um, and be 100% real, then it would be better. But a lot of people try to keep parts of themselves to themselves and ends up festering. It makes it's it due false. To, due to the emotion of shame. Mm-hmm. Fuck shame. Fuck shame. There's there's nothing to be shameful about. You're fat, you're fat. Everybody, we can see it, you know it. What? Don't worry about it. Well, I mean, on and, that... I mean, you need to worry about it yeah. health-wise, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say, like, it, like, don't ever settle... No. Um, keep trying. Keep the the biggest um, common denominator between all the people who are filthy fucking rich and who are success stories um, is because whenever they knock down, they take a step back, they look at the situation and try to alter their their game plan and then try it again. Yeah. They never fucking stop. They never stagnate. And so I'm a you know, a firm believer in um, continuously bettering yourself. Um, Likewise. And try and. Yeah, and so whenever I see someone who's like, who's given up, who's uh, a drag on their pe- the people around them or a society, I feel bad because I can see the potential that you know a, a a obese person, if they if they if they whatever event happened in their life that kind of ingrained in them to, to just it's easier to stop trying, uh, that. <laughs> You can't fix that. You can't change how a person's uh, core 
uh, belief system works, you can try, but ultimately they'll always go back to that um, because of the, how developmental psychology works. Or unless they continue to put forth yeah. effort to change that part but, of it, But if they never put the effort in to begin with because something happened to them, um, it's extraordinarily difficult to try to change that. There's actually um, a term for that. I think it's called shakabuku, which is a term that says uh, it means the swift spiritual kick to the head that alters your perception of reality forever. Um, and so they, they usually need like a life-changing event like shakabuku to try to kickstart and change the, the way that they uh, think about themselves and the world around them to change whatever that core, to shock them out of whatever that core thing, flaw was that made them stop. But that is very, very unlikely to happen. Yeah, normally it's just going to send them into a downward spiral of, of more shame and more yeah. depression. And so I think a lot of people would do a lot better if they um, did more, if they mastered themselves. Um, like for me, uh, I when a doctor asks me what's wrong with me, I can tell them everything. Because I, whenever I do something, whenever I think something, I'm very analytical, and I, co I question myself. Why? Why would I think that? Um, well, here's the logical reason why. Because this happened to me at some point, or because this is the reason for that. And I keep like, I keep compounding who I am off of that, uh, that core, um, that 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 core belief matrix or logic matrix is a better term for it, and so. I'm able to keep adding to myself and also when I figure out why I make like why I like particular drinks or why I don't or like why I like particular foods why I believe this way about political reasons or why I like this fabric I think about it cr critically and once I figure it out I tuck it away so whenever something happens whenever I do something that is doesn't make sense it doesn't add up I have to I go back and examine it and be like well what circumstances were on the exterior that caused me to act out differently? Why am I agitated? Why am I tired? Oh, it's because I'm tired. I haven't eaten. I'm, you know, whatever. I I'm under a lot of stress. And I kind of pick apart um, my actions, my uh, negative actions that way, which helps me a lot to figure out and keep calm in a lot of situations. And so... I've gotten to the point where now that I'm able to rationalize why I do what I do, I can figure out why people around me do the things that they do. So when someone's an asshole to me, I, I'm, I don't get upset because I, I'm, I'm confident there's probably uh, some reason behind why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. I like that. It's a good, that's a good way to live, to always search for a resolve. Yeah. But be able to sleep with myself at night. Yeah, <laughs> being stuck at night thinking about what could have happened and why it happened and why it didn't happen is the worst. I think that's like a that's like a basis. The way that you think that you 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 think something, you wonder why, you wonder how, you cycle it through. Whether or not you actually tuck it away or you let it go, mm -hmm. it's it's still the same resolve. And I think that people need to practice that that aspect most in their life because that would that jumps you to different levels that gets you out of angst an anxiety attack or a depression if you can think it so, about something objectively mm -hmm. and stop putting your emotion into it and and just focusing on the emotion you get further in life yeah and in general uh, well the problem with that is once again we're we're 
imperfect biological computers. Yeah. And um, it's really, really, really hard to tuck away when you're in the middle of a panic attack or a, you're under a lot of stress to shut off that or suppress that reaction in your head that, that's like the 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 extraordinary amount of, of pressure that's being put onto your, your your logical functioning brain, it takes a lot of practice to tuck that it away. It does. Um, I'm, I consider myself very blessed for many reasons, but mostly the size of my cock. Hey! hey. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, I consider myself very, very blessed because I have just enough self-awareness to be able to interact with the world around me, but not enough self-awareness to be caught up in the moment as severely as a lot of other people. Um, and to, to, to be kind of dragged around by my, my emotions. Um, I have a, the ability to, like everything in my world is black and white. It's on or it's off. It's a switch. And if you are my friend until the exact moment that you're not, and then I just flip that switch and I can classify you as not my friend anymore. Yeah. Um, and that's how the world works for me. It's very, it's, it makes simple. It, yeah. It makes certain things difficult for me. Like gray areas are very, it takes me a moment to try to rationalize. And I have to put a lot more effort into it, but for the most part, everything is black and white. And it, I know that most people can't do that. They can't just flip a switch in their head and it's, it, it changes their, their point of view. So, um, I understand that not everybody can ignore the, 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 the pressure from the chemicals in their head and the stress of the situation to think uh, objectively and to think from a third person. It, take, it takes rewiring of your brain. It takes, it takes neural pathways to, to be formed by practice and, and thought and, and mindfulness of situations. That's, yeah. Some people will never get there, but if you think about it. Because they're victims to their own mind. They are. That is the biggest problem in society in general across multinational situations. Everybody's biggest issue. If you notice, people that have the least in life, the people not not that have the least, but the people that operate and think with the least amount of stress and stuff with them, mm -hmm. usually function better. They usually think like you and I. They, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been caught in the moment. Plenty of times. Oh, I've heard you through several floors. <laughs> I've been, you, I'm human. Yeah. I'm, I'm, so, but I still do put a lot of focus into bettering myself mentally. Oh, yeah, I've noticed. Yeah. Like, you, you, you are not a victim to your, uh, what is it, schizophrenia? Yeah, I wouldn't, you, you, I wouldn't, it's tough. That's my, that's, see, I think it's mislabeled. Because I think everybody in their own right is schizophrenic. You have multiple personalities due to... Uh, yeah, no, I understand. Uh, what is the word? Environmental variables, you know what yeah, I mean? And, and you, th you, If you tell me you don't talk to yourself, you're a fucking lion. Who's, who are you talking to when you think? When you think, you hear your own voice. Unless you're, unless you're thinking someone's talking to you while you're thinking about <laughs> something. But in general, if you say you're talking to someone in your mind, it's not even a real conversation, you hear your own voice. So mm -hmm. now there's now in time and space there's two of you at least. Mm -hmm. There's it's I think everyone in their own right is a little schizophrenic. Yeah, well, but, well the, there's a point where it's it's not just how people work; it's an an, an 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 oddity, and I think that since you would fall into the the oddity category because it's more extreme than than would be the norm. Yeah. 
um, and you don't let that slow you down at all. Uh, I use it to my advantage. Exactly. And yeah. um, that's like, I'm sure that there are hundreds, if not thousands of self-help books and audio books and stuff that tell you uh, to turn your, your weakness into your strength. But honestly, um, how the successful people in this world are successful is a little bit luck and a lot of just perseverance and trying to re, uh, re-attack the situation a different way each time. Um, and so everybody, if they think about their crutch, the, think about their handicap as not a, a handicap, but um, just a different set of rules to play by, Yes. Um, then they can figure out how to attack a situation. Very rarely is your situation so bad that uh, you can't overcome it. It's it's there's never it's never there's never a case where you can't overcome. That's it. not true. There Unless were, physical disabilities like, and whatnot. But. And also mental disabilities, because again, your brain is an imperfect computer. So there's and it's biological computer. Yeah. yeah. So there are definitely chemicals that change. And so there are extreme like like if you're a horrific burn victim, or if you're like dying of cancer, or you have a like part of your brain is is missing or is malfunctioning or just not working. Um, there are there are circumstances that it's just not possible to overcome. But for the vast majority of people, there is no excuse. There's no excuse. That's why, by uh, honestly, drug addicts. I know that that there's a biological dependency on it as well. Once mm-hmm. you get into it, but at the same time, you hear it a thousand times in your life. Mind over matter. It's it's a true statement. That's if you, if you can mentally get past the fact that your body hurts because you need that heroin and you can't get that heroin, you're gonna get through it, if, and it's gonna be rough regardless. I, I think that that's it's a lot harder than that because like the whole stopping cold turkey and thing, it that's at that point of addiction, it's not possible for you to do it just straight up by yourself. It no, takes no, an no, extraordinary no. person to 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 do that. Um, but you have to think about it logically and wean yourself off of it and try to uh, make the mental steps. And try to discipline yourself into not doing the same, putting yourself into the same category and doing the same things that yeah. put you into that category. So, and, and so here's the, the, the real crutch of the problem that I think that you'll encounter with almost everybody. Um, the issue isn't, uh, it, it, it isn't external. Well, sorry, it isn't necessarily internal. It's external. It's um, you if you are unhappy with your situation, it is your obligation to change your situation. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest issues that I'm having talking to people right now is that I think that I think that um, that a, a lot of trans people are becoming tra- like young trans people. I mean, um, because young people tend to look for any personality, like any. Uh, anything to f- the, to f- identify themselves as because they're still developing who they're going to be. Yeah. And so the reason why suicide rates are so high in trans people um, is partially is mostly environmental. It's because they don't have uh, a group of people that they surround themselves with with that actually care about them, that actually um, support them, who they are. Um, and they, sh- I don't think that labeling yourself is going to fix it. I don't think that uh, changing a, a gender or uh, changing a species, so like uh, let's say a furry or something, someone who um, loves, w- imagines themselves as an anthropo- anthropomorphic creature um, of like a dog or a cat or something. Um, 
I think that a large portion of that is actually environmental. It's not that the they should label themselves as one of those things. Um, what they should do is try to find people who like them for themselves. It's, yes. it's society's issue, uh, not theirs. It's 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 all of our faults, and and it is their obligation to if they are not surrounded by uh, family or friends who support who they are, no matter what label you label yourself as, no matter who you are as a person, if if the people that you surround yourself with don't affect you positively, it is your obligation to go find someone who is. Yeah, absolutely. And a, a really important caveat to that is that um, just because someone is important at that stage in your life doesn't mean that they will always be or have always been. We are perpetually changing and adapting as people. And if you get to a certain point in your life um, where you and a very who used to be a very, very close friend of yours but is no longer, do yourself a favor and do not hold on to that relationship and make it last artificially longer because you are um, you will taint the memory of that relationship and you will leave on a sour note and it, uh, or it'll it'll you'll ruin the relationship and leave on bad terms um, you are effectively two ships passing in the night and if you guys are going the same direction for for however long it is appreciate the time that you spend together don't um, don't try to keep yourselves together longer because you'll just end up sinking. It's um, true, and that stands for any type of relationship. Exactly, friend. Like I've lost a lot of friends um, over the years um, because for a long time we were going the same direction, we were keeping the same pace, we had the same interest. Um, but I eventually learned to just let them go if they don't want to be around me. Whatever. Um, there are plenty of other people who will. Uh, jive with that particular point in my life. Yeah. Um, and and if you, one of the best bits of advice I can give anybody is to, uh, if you find yourself in a toxic situation, especially when it comes to relatives, because do not think that because someone is blood related to you, that they are best for you. Because blood is thinner than water, despite what they say. Yes. Louder for the people in the back. <laughs> It's true, and it, that's that's one of my biggest pet peeves in life. My my family. relatives live in Texas, and I live in Maine for a reason because they're awful human beings. And I would not be who I am today if I had been around them. So, anyways, uh, so you, whenever you you surround yourself with somebody and you're you've grown outgrown that circle of people or those people, keep going, keep evolving, keep becoming who you are, and be happy with yourself. And if the people around you who do not make you happy. Um, and you are you're forced to self-medicate through uh, porn, alcohol, drugs, whatever, whatever, anything, whatever you're using to self-medicate yourself with. Uh, change your situation. Don't, don't don't become addicted to op- opioids. Like seems to be the the big problem. That that thing has its own. I I think people don't get addicted to it due to like depression and shit. I think that a lot of the well people do. Let's rephrase that. People do get addicted to it because of mental issues i think the vast majority of people are addicted to it because of something that was happened something they broke something they s- broke a femur and they had to go get surgery and they were prescribed and they and their body got fucking hooked on it because mm-hmm. at the time maybe 10 years ago or so i know maybe this wasn't your forte but pills were a motherfucker everywhere everybody had pills anybody you could get pills from mm-hmm. so 
the, like the flood into the system is what created by pharma into doctors and this oh, yeah, that's yeah. a top a huge topic <laughs> but i think that oh, is uh, the vast majority of the issue yeah that's a societal issue but the um a lot of the, the the trickle down of the people who got who got hurt and had the pills in their closet and that sort of the resell of that is because a lot of people are fucking hollow inside yeah it's and, true and I see a lot of people who are absolutely beautiful people. They have such potential, but no one ever believed in them and no one ever told them in a way that they would retain that if they just changed their uh, circumstances that they could be so much more, they could be so much happier. Like, I cannot stress enough how much of a blockade you are to yourself. There is no reason why you can't just get in your vehicle and go to the other side of the, of the country and make new friends, make uh, a new network of people, a new, yeah. new support network of friends. There is uh, no reason why you can't do those things in your life um, other than your own belief. Yeah, your own, your own stipulations. I'm not saying that it'll be easy by no. any means, but again, how you make it far, how the big people make it far in life is they keep attacking the situation. And they pick themselves back up, they dust themselves off, and they keep going. Um, only really one thing will stop you from succeeding in life, and that's death. It's true. And sometimes it doesn't. I mean, you just fucking die 11 times, you said, so yeah. look at you. Yeah, well, I have my mom to thank for that. She uh, she resuscitated me a lot. From heat. Listen, I, uh, I, I may not have died, but I got a heat stroke, maybe... Mm-hmm six years ago or so working it, it's fucking terrifying you're cold when it's hot that's odd you shake i was it was like 98 degrees outside and i was shaking and they they brought me back to the hotel and they put me in warm water that was fucking dude it was ice cold it felt like i was in an ice bath for two days i couldn't even move my mm-hmm. like my brain had been rattled it's nuts it's it's horrible it's horrifying um and actually it wasn't till about eight years ago or so that I was actually able to start functioning outside. Um, I wasn't able to sweat and any, like, I actually made, uh, regulate my own body temperature. Shit. Um, so I just, actually LARPing, live action role playing, I picked up phone weapons and dressed up like a gladiator and went and fought in extreme heat and I just kind of muscled my way through uh, to I, I guess kickstart my, um, my my temperature controls and now I'm a lot better, a lot more efficient at working outside than I than I was when I was, you know, a decade ago. Working outside fucking sucks. Sometimes when it's hot, it sucks. <sighs> That's why I, I, I'm trying to maintain being an electrician. Although I never actually get sent to do electrical work anymore, but um, uh, something nice about just working inside. It's <laughs> like, nice. <laughs> you, you, you you don't go on site until it's uh, until it's enclosed. Yeah, it's boring though. Electrical work? Yeah, I find I find wiring things boring. Yeah. Teach his own. Yeah. I went to school to be an electrician, and I oh. for some reason I just still I find it so boring. Well, I I, I didn't go to school because I'm bad at, at at book learning, so that's I'm sink or swimming. So I guess that's what's making it more interesting for me is that I'm learning with it in my hands, and not like uh, from books and. You seem tests. like you could benefit from an app called Coursera. Uh, it's an app that takes cl- uh, courses from uh, universities and colleges all around the globe, really, and it offers that course to you free of charge, or you pay the money and you can get a, a, a transferable credit 
eventually you could get enough credits to graduate from somewhere. But that doesn't matter to me. Yeah. <laughs> Getting the education is what matters. You can and, and it's all video. There's like five to seven minute, sometimes ten minute videos of the professor telling you exactly about what you're learning on that topic in the syllabus that week. Mm-hmm. And then you you do it. There's tests. But it's all pretty much video. They'll send you PDFs of the the information if obviously you don't have a textbook because you're fucking using an app. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty amazing. I think that that is a really, really great way to better yourself. Yes. Um, I, maybe not for me, but for anyone else out there, that sounds like, again, uh, bettering yourself all the time is important. L- filling your head with new ideas. One of the, the biggest, most heartbreaking things that I've ever seen is looking at a... Uh, like a six-year-old or a seven-year-old kid who is um, whose parents are ignoring them and just giving them like an iPad and leaving them to their own devices because up until up until about eight or nine, um, kids are a, and I cannot stress this enough a sponge. I'm not exaggerating. They anything that you that you put into their head, they will retain. Like. You, you see the stories about a kid who's like, I speak three languages and I know all the states and all that. That's every every kid is capable of that. Um, you just have to know how to speak in a way that they can retain. Um, like every child is a is intelligent. You just have to explain uh, a concept in a way that they will understand in words that they will understand. And so nothing's more heartbreaking than seeing a kid who, was never filled with anything, was never given that information. And so um, when they reach adulthood, they don't know how to think critically. They don't know how to question. They don't know how to teach themselves. They don't have any uh, aspirations. Uh, so they're, they're left with a, a hollowness that they self-medicate with. And then those people create children, that they, which is just a downward spiral, a, a bowling pin alley, yeah. if you want to say. It's just they create they create themselves, but worse because they don't know how to. And that's that's a huge issue in our generation, mm-hmm. is our parents ahead of us were not given everything. They were they were like get go the fuck outside, get out of here. You know what I mean? There was no there was no communication as much between their parents and the, our parents. Mm-hmm. And they've made a lot of people in our generation trash. Yeah. Because of it, and it, 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 it's not that the human; those people are trash, but their thinking and their, their the way their ideals are of their self are trash due to that. It's, it yeah. sucks. It's it's a it's a, a broken situation, um, and it's and I found a group of thankfully, um, I was very very blessed to find a group of people that uh, that are vibrant, healthy people that live outside of the uh, outside of the norms. Uh, the LARPing communities, I, I, I travel between several different types of games um, because they all have, they all, they're all who they want to be. They all set aside reality, the rat race of like uh, the, uh, capitalism, having to work a nine to five, sit, fitting to society's norms, and they dress up as wizards and elves and rangers and shit, and they go and kick the shit out of each other with foam weapons. Uh, they sit around a campfire and play music and drums and belly dance and drink until the wee hours. They're kind uh, to each other. That they, they believe in craftsmanship and honor and stuff like stuff that's been most people have forgotten even exists. And when I spend any time doing that, um, I see no reason to fucking go back to the rest of the world. Like I, I can't save 
everybody. I can't help everybody. But I can show a handful of people that um, mentality, that uh, set of priorities that a lot of people have forgotten. Um, and I think that it's a really, really, really great way to affect a, a significant number of people the most efficiently. I like uh, it. For, for the positive. You said that you said earlier that you have a show coming here soon. Uh, yeah. So uh, I am the burlap beggar. I dress up as a as a humble peasant in a burlap hood and rags, and I go to Renaissance fairs, and I go to um, all kinds of uh, awesome like uh, larping events, historical reenactments, that sort of stuff. Um, and I vend, and I ha- I'm one of the few period vendors, meaning that I don't have like a mundane setup. I don't have like uh, a ten by ten pop up with a white plastic table and a sheet over it with shiny rocks and stuff from China. No, I have um, like well birchwood poles and lanterns and wooden tables and like nothing mundane um and i put a lot of effort it's a lot more effort to make it look as good as oh as bad as it does um but the effort people like it it, the effort shows um and the gimmick people enjoy a lot and another important thing about my small business is that um i'm try to be the person that I wanted to meet when I first started playing. Nothing felt made me feel more legit in my first role-playing game or in my first LARP uh, as as when I got my first wooden bowl. Uh, like, I felt so legit like I was invested. Um, now, the problem is, is that when you have a craftsperson who has a many, many, many hours of experience and practice and they have a lot of hours into a piece of, let's say, armor, like uh, bracers, um, when a new player walks into a leather craftsman shop and they see bracers that are like 70, 80 bucks, you're thinking that's $80 for a game that I don't even know if I want to play. Like I don't, in you know four months when I decide that I don't like my current character, I want to change up my character's history and make their change their armor and stuff, that $80, $80 for those bracers is just thrown out the door. So I try to be one of the only... Uh, secondhand style, uh, like thrift shop style. I I, I do uh, everything for trade or coin. So I will sell my stuff if you want, or if you bring me some of your old LARP supplies, you can bring it by, and we'll, we can work out a deal. Because we do, I do a lot of trading. That's I cut my teeth in the uh, the trading posts uh, at Ragnarok, and um, I I'm able to one not be as invested as a craftsman is into their stock because I don't have hours of my life into a thing, I have like five minutes. So I'm able to let go of my secondhand used supplies a lot cheaper. Um, it also means that my profit margin is pretty crazy because I may spend almost nothing in an, on an object and be able to sell it um, for roughly what it's worth or at least significantly, like maybe 15, 20% lower, whatever. Now, um, what that, the, the downside of though is I have nothing, no consistent stock. So whenever you go into my shop, I never have the same thing twice, which is always keeps people coming back to see what new things I've managed to come across yeah, that would be useful. People love that. Yeah. Um, and I try to always have, uh, because of I'm able to work with people on prices and I don't have a lot invested in it, my, prof, uh, my, my price point is so low like the, the people I can I can give affordable stuff to new players and be the person that gave them their first thing and give them any bit of wisdom or advice that I can to help them find their way in in their particular life and find 
you know, by extension, find their way and happiness in this life. I like it. Yeah. And you, so your business isn't just for the LARP world. Like, it's, it's in general, if you want to buy things from Burlap Beggar, you just – do you always have, like, a reciprocating video or picture of uh, – pictures of your products that you – receive or is it is it your shop is set up at the renaissance it, it's I, I do a lot better like online sales are, are are hard because one shipping is it's hard to ship things yeah especially when they vary in sizes extremely is what i have and weight but also you can't pick up the thing and look at it and i i actually don't put price tags on any of my things um i much rather ask the person what are you comfortable paying me and if it's, I won't be insulted if you're like, it's $3. I'm like, it's a $100 helmet. I can't let it go for $3. All right, tell you what. I'll say 120 And they're like, uh, how about 80 And I'm like, okay, let's just settle at 100 So I still get what I want. They still get what they want, at least more comfortable because they're the one initiating the, uh, initiating the offer. Um, and I don't, it, it's not as intimidating when you walk into a shop and you look at a price tag. It's like, it's a hundred dollars for a thing, or you know, twenty five dollars for a tankard, or something like that. It's not as jarring. Yeah. If there's makes no, sense. It's all negotiable. Um, if only everything could be like that. To a certain extent, I found that some things are negotiable. Really? What do you mean? Um, so, like, you can you can negotiate to a certain extent, and uh, like at the hardware store, like when something's damaged or something, you can be like, hey. You mind knocking off a few bucks for this because it's kind of damaged, and more often than not, they'll say yes or like uh, take it to the front counter or something. And be like, hey, this thing's uh, the label, the packaging's missing on this, but I'd still like to purchase it. Uh, the some auto mechanics I can you can negotiate with. I'm actually very lucky to have a mechanic who will sometimes, if I for my construction work, if I have some supplies or something, some scrap metal or uh, like windows or something that I save off the site, he will trade me services for. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, it's the, the whole um, barter system still exists. It's just harder. Um, barter is harder. Barter is harder. And it's it works in a lot in other countries, but um, uh, Americans kind of got caught up in capitalism yeah. and forgot the, how bit. barter works. <laughs> wow. So what's the name of your festival that we were talking about earlier uh the one this weekend or the one i'm running the one you're running oh awesome so i'm running uh it's called the many worlds fair and the many worlds fair i think is the first of its kind that i know of at least on this seaboard i heard there's a rumor somewhere else but uh it's a cross gaming event meaning that um several different uh larps worlds are going to come to an event my event in new hampshire um, and they are going to uh, demo their particular game. They're going to come and show off why they love their game as much as they do and try to uh, try to encourage more people to play the individual games and more cross-gaming between the LARPs. Um, nice. And I'm, I'm excited. We have the uh, SCA coming, which they, they're going to have uh, ranged, a range uh, for thrown weapons, so axes and knives and nice. stuff set up, maybe some archery. Uh, we're going to have two battlefields going. Uh, SCA does uh, primarily for fighting, they do heavy lists, so full steel armor, full rattan weapons, full contact. Um, so we're going to do some demos with that. We have Hearthlight, which is the game that I kind of grew up on and cut my teeth on, was Dagahir slash Hearthlight. Um, 
Hearth Light is uh, full contact foam fighting with really, really nice kits. Um, not so much spell casting and stuff or, and role playing, more of a combat system, more for stick jocks, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, then you have Amp Guard, which is uh, not really lightest touch, but it's, um, uh, it's not missing it by much. It's more about the sound of the, the thing hitting you, and it's like foam noodles with really light cores, really light weapons, and they have lots of spell casting. Um, which is really, really cool. Um, so they have classes, and the more events you show up to, the more experience you get um, in the overall... Uh, like, there's an online database where you're, you can keep leveling up your characters and get different abilities. Damn. Really cool. Um, and then, uh, lastly, we have Realms, which I think is lightest touch. And Realms, uh, I don't know a lot about it yet. I'm going to go to the demo and find out. That sounds pretty fucking exciting. You got food vendors? Uh, I don't think we have food vendors, but I am. Uh, we do have a few other vendors other than the Burlap Beggar who will be vending there. Um, this is my first time ever hosting an event, so I don't know. I, if 10 people could show up, 100 people could show up. I have yeah. no idea. All I know is I need to pay for porta-potties. Yes. So, but the Saturday night, uh, April the 27th, I think, uh, if I recall correctly, April the 27th, uh, that night I'm doing what's called Stone Soup. So it's going to be a big potluck thing, but also uh, one of my one of my favorite stories growing up is a, a story of community and coming together. It's Stone Soup. So I'm going to take a big cauldron that I have and throw a rock in it with some water. And then everyone is, is encouraged to bring something to add to the pot. And so you take a, you, you add something and then take something from the soup. Oh, all right. That sounds pretty cool. And that could end up being a really disgusting soup. No, it's not. No? It, it almost never is. Like, uh, I've had it a, I've had it uh, probably a half a dozen times, and the first time I did it, I remember, it was, uh, it tasted like, like a hamburger soup. Because it was, like, it was uh, chicken and a bunch of vegetables and, like, a meat lover's pizza slice and some cheese sauce and onions and just a bunch of random stuff added to the pot. And when it was done, uh, it came to a boil. And when when we actually ate it, it was it was phenomenal. Wow, I wouldn't expect that, especially when you threw in the fucking pizza slice, that random pizza slice. Well, we diced it up, obviously, but um, so it's and no stone soup will ever ever be the same. What's the stone for? All right. So, do you like to hear the story? I would. So, um, there's a lot of variations of stone soup, but the one that I, I know and I recite is this. So, a long time ago, there was a soldier walking through a land that was torn or ravaged by war and famine. And so he came to a village where everyone had shut themselves in. And he goes to the center of the town, he sets down his cauldron. Pump, and he fills it with water and picks up a, a stone looking at it on the ground. And everyone kind of pokes out their head to figure out, what's he doing? So he takes the stone and throws it in the, into the pot, lights a fire, and starts stirring it. The curi uh, curious, the people come out of their homes. They kind of look to see what he's doing. He's spinning, uh, stirring it, stirring it, stirring it, pulls out the spoon, tastes it. He's like, hmm, this stone soup is really, really good, but you know what, could, what it could use? It could use a little bit of salt. So from the back, a person raises their hand like, oh, I, I have some salt. So he runs into his house, comes back with a little bit of salt, and adds it to the soup. So the soldier keeps turning, or, uh, stirring the pot and pulls it out. You know, this is really, really good, but you know what the stone soup could also use? It would be a carrot. And the word is like, I have a carrot. Runs into their house, comes back with a carrot, and so on and so forth, until they, uh, they all have a feast 
they all partake because they all kind of contributed a little. Oh. That's pretty fancy. I th- I don't know. I don't know. I think about the, the fucking concoctions of shit that I've made before in my life, and sometimes it comes out good, but there's a definitely a possibility it could be trash. Well, I mean, please don't add, like, gravel to my stone soup. But what if they added fennel to it, and there was... It was Anise. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's a vegetable. It's, a ve- it's like leeks. You know what a leek is? Yeah, leeks would be fine. Yeah, ima- but then imagine leeks with, like, horseradish. I mean, it is... No person is contributing an over a, overwhelming amount of supplies to the soup, so it'll usually get consumed by the overall taste. And it's also cast iron, so it picks up. Uh, ah, it picks up. Yeah, it's, a, it's a cast iron cauldron. All so, right. Fair enough. Um, and usually, my what I contribute is uh, uh, actually I like to do what's called uh, what I call uh, uh, poor man's gumbo, which is uh, for, it's a campfire thing. So you take like two bags of the dollar red beans and rice. And like a summer sausage and a green pepper, and just dice it up and throw it in, stir it up, and you have gumbo. Um, I usually use that as the base for stone soup, and then everyone else adds whatever. That is pretty much gumbo. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, it's all dry goods except for the, the green pepper, which is optional, or an onion. That they, they don't need refrigeration to keep it. You can just throw it in your bag and hit the road, and bam, you have a good meal, hearty. Fucking a cheese. You got it. You kind of got it wrapped up. Wisdom of Athena or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So, many worlds. Where Where is it going to be located? Uh, it's New Hampshire. Um, let me pull that up for you. Um, I have a, a whole touring schedule to look at um, on on Facebook. I have on, on the Burlap Beggar on Facebook. I have uh, created events for all of my upcoming things this year, like the New Hampshire Renaissance Fair. I'll be doing both of those. Locally in Buxton, there's a, an event called uh, Ye Old Festival, which the Hollis Gun Club is going to be hosting a uh, like a like a Renaissance Fair style shooting range where you can come like spend however much money. They'll give you some tickets, and each ticket will be worth like uh, so many shots with a crossbow or throwing spears or axes or stuff like that. But more importantly than that, you also have <laughs> a dollar a shot with black powder weapons, which is pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, and that's, that's Ye old Festival. It's right, like, eight, seven, eight minutes from here. Yeah, right down over almost Poland Springs. Uh, yeah. Yep, yep. Um... So uh, the Many Worlds Fair that I'll be hosting will be at 32 Whitehall Road in Southampton, New Hampshire. So it's about two hours from here. And is that whole weekend? Um, yeah, it will be. And those are going to be most of the demos are going to be done on on Saturday. Like the the general breakdown for LARPing events is Friday, everyone shows up and they sets up their camp and they get really shit faced and then they <laughs> then they sleep over, um, wake up the next day, and fight all day until they drop, and then eat a whole bunch and then pass out. Sunday we wake up, pack up, and go home. That's kind of the, you know, the way it goes. Yeah, it makes sense. You don't try to stretch it out like, uh, like some of these fairs do. Oh uh, well, we do. St- there are some events that are longer, like Ragnarok that I, that I mentioned earlier. Ragnarok is nine days in Pennsylvania, the far uh, far side of Pennsylvania, and it is awesome. It's what caused me to fall in love. It's you. It's like sev- at this point, seventy dollars for the week, and you just bring your own food. You camp for 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 nine days and it's fighting there's like you know 
1,200 people on the battlefield at one time. Holy shit. Yeah. My, fir- all right, my first interaction was a warm-up battle that was only about 800 people, which was more than I'd ever seen on the battlefield in my entire life combined. And so I go to the field, and I'm like a noob with like a little spear and I'm just like walking around like, huh, what's this? And I see across the field there's probably like four or five hundred people. And so the herald says, lay on! And so their line charges our line. And when I say charges, I mean they impacted us. One of the guys had hopped up in the air and like legs up in the air smashed into our line. Like it was the cool, I, I don't even remember what happened, but I know that I died. And I was laying on my back going like, that was awesome. Let's do it again. What happened? How long? How long do you have to lay there dead? Um, it varies. Like some, uh, some most games you you in in Daga here, um, you uh, it's a spawn battle, so you go back to the spawn point, touch it, and go back to fighting. Um, I think that was a pitched battle, meaning that it was uh, it was only um, that you only had the one life. Wow! But I was a noob, so I wasn't going to last that long, anyways. Now I'm sure there's people that are like really. Uh really trained in, oh, in yeah. things that are involved in it. And But you, I've, I've, I do a lot of cross-game, and I go between the, the various games, and so I always think it's a little bit funny. And, you know, you don't, don't tell anyone I said this. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's, it's always humorous to me to see people who are, like, the cock of the walk. Like, they are, they're tough shit. They're really, really good at their game. And then take that, like, take their swagger out of context. Take that same person and put them in another game, and they are amateurs. Like, martial arts and LARPing are, are, are very similar in that they have, uh, it's all body mechanics, it's all movement, and understand how force and physics work. It's Well, essentially, it, LARPing is, is... Is a martial art. It is. It, yeah. you are, it's just a game. Yeah. And the, 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 the only difference is that the, the caveats of the rules and how hard you hit your opponent and what you hit them with. But when you have a lightest touch person who's like, I'm the toughest shit around here and they have such swagger and you're just like, all I want to do is put you in some heavy armor and give you a piece of rattan and see how well you do. Yeah, they won't do well. No, because it's all, it's all relative. It's all in context. I'm sure people don't fuck around either. When it comes to full contact, they're probably laying it on you. Yeah. Well, usually you're not going to have, like, a big guy just lay on to, like, a noob or, like, uh, a girl because you, you don't want to you don't want to damage people. Yeah. But when you're really going at it with someone who's, like, who's on your skill level, who is, who's as, you know, big and strong as you are, you fucking, you can go ham and you laugh about it afterwards. Sure, you may have some stings. May Sure, you may bleed a little every now and again, but the... At least in Dag here in Hearthlight, your weapons are designed to be full contact for you to go like, ow, that kind of stung, and keep going. Yeah. Um, there are people who take it too far. Um, and With anything in life. Yeah. yeah, and I don't like to be around those people. Like, I don't do tournaments. Um, I don't like the competition of it. Um, I don't like to put my grit versus someone else because that's not an answer that I need, or a question I need answered. I prefer to have group battles where you have a bunch of people and a bunch of people and then we fight and we have a good time. So like, for me, it's a communal thing, not a competition thing. I mean, yeah. I still try to do as good, I still, but I, I more importantly want to have a good time and make sure that you know everyone's having a good time. It's the most important thing. Yeah, it's fucking LARP. It's a game. It's, it's, we're there to have fun. We're not there to necessarily to win and we're not there necessarily to hurt other people. No, most definitely not. There is one person in in LARPing that is the absolute p- 
pinnacle of everything I despise. I'm not going to say who they are, but they are the one person that I've met who can just piss in my Cheerios. <laughs> As like just if they are there at the event, doesn't matter whether they're fighting or not. I just immediately am not going to have a good time, just because they're of who they are and how they play the game, um, how how brutal they are, um, needlessly, and the way they, they carry themselves in and outside of the game. Brutal towards other opponents. Yeah. Like for no reason. Like the type of person who will like smash a new player into the ground, um, and keep hitting them until they call dead, um, which they may or may not know that they're supposed to do that, or hit them whether they're playing or not, full force, not pull their shots, run people into the ground with their shields, you know, just a really toxic person. Yeah, cheese dicks. Is that your uh, your your four thirty date? Nope. All right. All right. I'm all good. Yeah, no, I hate I hate those people in any in any field whatsoever. It's, yep. it's trash. And that, again, it's who you surround yourself with. Yeah. Um, and so I tend to ignore those people. Like I, I'm currently into a a little bit of trouble right now because of my opinions uh, with one of my games. And um, I'm not a bad person by any means. I don't really hate anybody. And if so, if anyone cared to to discuss the matter with me, I would talk to them about it. But because um, the extreme extreme left decided to take their own narrative and ignore everything that I said, uh, they made an issue out of something that isn't an issue, that is actually laughably not. And so I got to see who my real friends were and who the people who are not my friends are. Good. And it, it, it hurt, and it hurts for a while, it's inconvenient, but uh, the vast majority of people see me as me. Yeah, and that's that's who matters the most. Yeah, they like me. What were your opinions? Oh yeah, you said on transgender people. Yeah, um, I made a distasteful meme that, uh, or I didn't make it. I I posted a dis- distasteful meme, and as because I'm autistic, I have a long history of putting my foot in my mouth when it comes to social media. And <laughs> Everybody was, fucking does, man. And th- this was my this was my last time that I've ever made a, a post that, and tried to defend it. Um, and the post that I made was basically like I don't. It was, uh, it was actually uh, about like like an, an, a, a gay person like you know like hi I'm gay and then like they're really really like fanatical like rainbow and up in your face kind of like the really 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 what we think of as gay person. And it was done with like crayons and stuff. It was really a poorly tasted meme. But I also like said that um, I doesn't matter whether it's gay. Doesn't matter whether it's a Nazi. Doesn't matter whether it's Christian or uh, a right extremist, KKK, if you are extreme and you don't listen to people, then, um, and you try to uh, impress your opinion on other people um, involuntarily or involuntarily, then I have issue with that. And I proceeded to tell everyone, like, who was just like, well, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, this is, don't, don't read into things that aren't there. And then, of course, everyone read into things that aren't there. Yeah, that's social media. Does, yeah. Doesn't matter how you approach it. Doesn't matter what you say. It could have been a tasteful meme, and somebody still would have found it mad. Yeah. That's why this podcast is called "This Might Make You Mad." Yeah. So, so six months later, um, oh, it boy. was it was brought it was brought to the attention of one of the uh, one of the organizations who um, who basic uh, who basically just had issue with it and said that no, here's your punishment. You can't you can't do that anymore. Um, um and so that. I'm on a, in a probationary period where I can't, 
I can't do certain things. And I'm like, well, that's unfortunate that that's the, the issue. But I, I understand where I, where I went wrong, and I made a public apology. And I, I lost a who was a really, really good friend of mine. To, um, he decided to uh, be two-faced. And, uh, I, and I flipped that switch in my head, and he immediately went from being probably one of my best friends to I don't, you're just someone I used to know. That's all right. Yeah. You can't let that type of shit hinder your growth. I have so many other people in my life now that um, I'm going to just keep going and evolving. I don't have time for anchors. No. Um, and I, I don't harbor any hatred for anybody except for Donald Trump. <laughs> um, I don't have, don't really feel that. I'm not capable of, of really that. Um, I think my opinions are well-founded. And I will debate them uh, uh, civilly whenever, if someone would like to, in in the right circumstances. But I will not have uh, people screaming and yelling at me. Yeah, it doesn't get you anywhere. No, I I would have dialogue, not people. Like, you sometimes see um, there's the, that that right-wing guy who's just, like, um, changed my mind. And you, like, he does long conversations with people who don't show up with facts and they end up letting their emotions run away and they have really really that they do a poor job representing themselves and they end up getting really angry and totally ignoring what he's saying um while he tries like he sometimes makes a good point sometimes he's a bit of an asshole i mean that's that's his his shtick yeah. yeah um but i think that that you have to keep in mind if you're going to have a conversation with someone that you need to have a conversation with them. It's yeah. supposed to be a back and forth. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I'm not likely to have a conversation with you. I'm not. If you're not going to be civil with me, then I'm not going to interact with you. I think that's how everything should be. Yeah. Everybody should think that way. I mean, we'd get we'd get things a lot done a lot better. Productivity and, would be much higher if and we just communicated. And one more thing, I cannot. St- I fucking hate seeing people shit on service workers in the what do you mean service workers military workers no like people uh people who work in the service industry like at mcdonald's or at the grocery store or people who just shit on somebody um why take take their abuse of power like their position of power as the consumer and just like i want to talk to your manager i'm just be a total fucking asshole with someone um it's not fair because People who are in, who are, are working a job like that, um, they're doing the best that they can. They don't have the power. They they're just the face of the organization, and you have no right uh, to be uncivil with someone who is ultimately powerless and is just there. And on the flip side, when someone is a total asshole or a bitch in the service industry, it if there's a pattern then I will I will not tip very highly. I won't interact with the person if I can help it if they're but if they if they snap at me or have a bad like they're they're not courteous with me, I will let that slide because there's a chance that they're just having a human day. And that they showed up to work because otherwise they'd lose their fucking job. Yeah. And and maybe they're going through some shit. Maybe they lost somebody. Maybe they're in having a rocky time with their relationship. They're fucking human beings and it is not okay to uh, to be assholes to them, and it's not okay uh, to t- 
to give them a hard time because they're having a bad day. Um, if, if it's a regular server who's normally shitty, that's understandable. Then do whatever you got to do, but don't, don't just take it out on someone who's having a bad day. I, I somewhat agree with that, but at the same time, I, I feel like take, you don't take it out on them. So, so say you have a server and she's being a cunt, regardless of why she's being a cunt to you. And I think the best move is to say something to the manager. Hey, this person seems as if they're having an issue. If if they're normally good, then then I'm more likely to say something right to their face. Yeah. Because that's cool. just my personality. But if if they're not, if they're a cunt all the time, well, maybe, I have to I have to go to the manager. Well, yeah. If they're a cunt all the time, but it may, if if you it's your only time being at a place and someone's um, someone's an asshole to you, then go go to the manager and preface it by saying. Hey, I don't know if this person's having a bad time or is having a rough day. Yeah, that's understandable. But this happened, which is tactful. But uh, there's also a chance that maybe this was the the straw that they were looking for to fire this person. You know. But that's that you can't hold that on yourself. No. As, as it, but you should keep that in mind when you're choosing your words. Normally, I'm not one to go complain. I get my my fucking coffee fucked up here at this Dunkin' Donuts. Almost every time I go to the Dunkin' Donuts, and I don't, I don't care. I suck it up. I'll eat or drink anything, but oh, I know. it's <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's it's the the courtesy, the the experience that I get from your employee needs to be worth me spending my money at your establishment. Mm-hmm. So, regardless of whether or not they're having a hard time, I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna keep that in my mind. But at the same time, I need, I'm. I, in my mind, I need to hold them to a standard. Hey, I'm coming here. I ex- what I expect. Yeah. What I mean, mo- most people never get what they expect. But what I do expect is is you to be courteous, regardless of your your own mental issues. Some people can't set those things aside, and it's completely understandable. And so I don't lash out at people. But I at the same time, I do expect. Yeah. The okay. courteousness. Uh, yeah, that, that's what that's good to expect. But just tr- I always suggest to try to remember that they're people with li- like often limited power and people have they make mistakes they have bad days just don't be an asshole back to them because all that does is reciprocate uh the hate and the the makes a bad day that much worse and yeah. the next person their bad their day which was going good just got worse and it just perpetuates uh, negativity in the environment it's just mathematics it's not even like spiritual stuff it's fucking common sense and a lot of people <laughs> yeah. a lot of people forget that that's a thing common sense yeah yeah no it's it's not as common as you would think it would be so what do you want to talk about now do you have any questions for me i don't i you you fulfilled it with the uh with the the many worlds festival uh, you tell when you said that earlier i was intrigued i'm like i i want to know because a lot of people make fun of larpers a yeah. lot of because it's it seems to be a nerdy thing, yeah. But at the same time, like I'm right there. I don't LARP. I just I don't have an interest in it. But I don't. This it's not distasteful. Yeah. I think I like. I agree. It's a martial art. You're fighting with weapons. Whether or not you're really hurting each other, mm-hmm. you're practicing. You're sparring. Yeah. And as as a as a person who is trained in martial arts, I completely understand it. It takes discipline. You have to mm-hmm. practice before you go to these hell, fucking. Hell, f- even the WWE people shit on the WWE they do. all the time. But 
you try to be like a six foot five, three hundred and fifty pound person balancing on a top rope, doing a flip off the top of it, landing on another human being and not hurting either of you. Yeah. It takes that's a even it, if the bad acting, it's a fucking immense amount of skill to that, do what they that's, do. That's that's all it is. It's just shit acting and fake slaps. But the point is not to hurt people. It's all for show. Yeah. If if you smack the dude, knock him out and give him fucking irreparable brain damage, you He's not going to be in the next SmackDown when you want to see yeah, it. Like you, it's, you, you have football. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Football players don't last very long, and after their careers, this is really fucked up. Yeah. CTE and fucking things like I along those even, lines. I don't even know sports, but I know that much. Yeah, any any contact sport, really, for the most part. So, yeah. like, l- almost like we're not made for that. Well, hmm. <laughs> our squishy bodies aren't made for that. What? Wow, but LARPing is. It's like essential. I think if everyone, everyone LARPs mm-hmm. in their life. You LARP when you go to work and you're pretending to be a fucking right. ha- happy, nice person. In It's your server world, say, as a server. I'll you're, go a step further and not just LARPing, but role playing in general. I yeah. think that, that role playing games and by ex- like Dungeons and Dragons and, and games like it, um, and by extension, live action role playing, which is the full body, the full embodiment of your character, is. Uh, it's critical. It's it's there. There is a game for everybody, and it allows you to 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 deal with situations, to think outside the box, for for your game master to set a uh, to set out a scenario, and for everyone to uh, to in uh, to go into the mind's eye and kind of encompass that. A lot. The only limitations to role playing games is what's in your head. Yeah. Which is huge. You can there's sci-fi games, there's western games, there's you know real world games, noir, uh, obviously fantasy. There is a setting for everybody and allows you to get together with people, sit down and explore characters and aspects of your personality, uh, and and you get to smash things that you that, and not feel bad, not get into legal trouble for smashing them. You know, yeah. Um, it's very therapeutic and live action role playing in particular, LARPing. Um, a huge portion of it for me is camping. Some people do it to fight because they love the, the physical exercise and the, the movements and stuff. They love being the best or being better. Um, they, they like the fighting. I like the camping. I love sitting around a campfire and being playing host with my nice... When I say nice, I mean like peasanty nice because I purposely have all my stuff look like crap. So that's part of your character. Yep. Um, I try to... Uh, to play host and, and make make the situation nice and just sit around the campfire and have philosophical debates like this until the wee hours of the morning. Um, lots of drinking, maybe a little bit of smoking, um, sometimes belly dancing, music. It's all people come, people go from my from my fire, but it's very very therapeutic to put it all into perspective and to just take a step back from the rat race and realize what's important in life. Well, to me. And that's why I enjoy the the idea of LARPing. I haven't put myself in a predicament to experience it yet, but well, you could always come to the Many Worlds Fair. I could, and you could maybe write an article or something, or do a speech on your nice little podcast you got here. Yeah, this it. this here podcaster. Yeah, make a nice little blog vlog, something yeah, something fancy. Well, yeah. Soon enough, these cameras that are that we've been staring at for two and a half hours here are gonna be. Uh, <laughs> They're going to be active, so... Yeah, the government's going to watch us do our thing. Yeah, they'll look at my naked titties while I'm down here editing podcasts <laughs> and shit. <Yep. laughs> wow, that fat man's got... Is that a bear paw or is that a tiger paw? <laughs> Either way, it's a titty. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. 
Yeah. So people check it out. Burlap Beggar. Yeah. For for all your wares and needs. And uh the Many Worlds Festival when April twenty sixth. The Many Worlds Fair. Fair. It's uh the um in uh Southampton, New Hampshire, uh weekend of the April twenty sixth through the twenty eighth. Yeah, check it out. Maybe maybe change your perspective on life. Get a different experience and have some fun. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah. I expect to see a shitload of pictures if I don't if I don't make it there. I uh, I will try to fight less and take more pictures. <laughs> yeah. Good man. And remember, burlap has what you need, traveler. Ooh. Later, everybody. Don't let go, Kip. I want to watch the movie. Danger, Kip. They want to kill you. They'll take the spaceship and they'll make me go with them. They can, Kip. Wow. That was awesome. Shout out to Cheese for coming by again. You always love chats with Cheese. Shout out to the Burlap Beggar. Check him out on Instagram, Facebook, even theburlapbeggar.com. Pretty awesome. Shout out to Mike DiPietro for the fly-ass intro and outro beats. You can check him out on SoundCloud at Dip Vintage. Until next time, one love, people.